everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the MinMax Show podcast. Thank you all for being here. This is a place about games, friends, and getting better. I am Ben Hansen, joined by Jacob Keller. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here, dude. <laughs> uh, joined by Janet Garcia. Hello. How you doing, Janet? I'm good. I'm recovered. Recovered. I'm, back. I'm alive. Yeah, you had a rough, sick week last week. I feel like everyone was just rocked last week. All of California is getting like a crazy COVID spike. So if you're in California, you've been warned. It's been God. wild. It really. I, I I'm recovering too with my voice, but I didn't have COVID. But it really bums me out that like we got rocked so hard by COVID again. There's a spike here in Minnesota, and even to the point of like, okay, then I didn't get to go to summer games done quick because I was sick. And it just bums me out. Like, I was so much looking forward to, like, going there and making a little travel log and stuff. It's like, ugh. And then, like, Sarah, you had flight nonsense. So, like, everyone got screwed out of going to Summer Games Done Quick. Um, but, hi, Sarah Pazorski is here as well. Hello. Hi. Um, Sarah and I just competed on Wednesday um, in Giant Bomb's arcade pit where we were pitted up against two Double Fine employees who did a lovely job, James and Jeff over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't seen that show, it's... It is, I thought that Trivia Tower is quite a production, and this is going to just another level of competition with like, okay, you have a zipped up version of OBS that's custom to this game, and then they give you a bunch of ROMs, you have to boot up the ROMs and all this stuff, but it worked, right, Sarah? There's a game board that you can play on, you move a snail around, and then there's a wheel that you spin to see what you're going to compete in, and there's like... 50 or so mini games that you have to play that aren't actual playing of games. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, but you know what? Not to spoil it, but we didn't win, but we had fun, you know? We had so much fun. <laughs> it was it was surprisingly fun, especially any games where we didn't have to actually play some old NES yes. games or Super Nintendo games. Just be like, okay, uh, let's put this on you and maybe we can pick up the pieces after you explode if you try and compete in this old retro challenge. Uh, but thank you for joining me, Sarah. Hopefully I didn't let you down. No, no, not. We had fun, and that's what really matters. That's all that matters. That's what this that's podcast all that matters. I will not hold <laughs> it against you that you drew Wario with an M on his hat and not a W. I will not hold that well, against look, you. Well, look, we're playing Pictionary, and yeah, it was Mario, and her sorry, the answer was Wario. <laughs> it was Wario! And I drew, because I got Mario wow, in my head. Wow, big gamer over here. Doesn't so, know his Mario from his Wario? This is look, like... Homology 101, Ben. Let me amongst us who has ever played Pictionary and had the prompt of Wario and drew a Wario with an M on his hat cast the first stone because we've all been there. You're you're revealing your Achilles heel here, Ben, because I watched the last episode of Trivia Tower and there was charades. Yes. And there was... There was a gap in charade ability between you and Kyle. I am I, I am a big defender of my charades abilities. I think I look. I got Final Fantasy thirteen in look, charades. You're under duress, you know, it's like you're hosting. You have your chair. Yeah, I right. don't know. There's a lot going on. Uh, hey, yeah. everybody! Thanks for tuning in. Uh, when this podcast is going live, there is a reveal stream for Ubisoft Skull and Bones. Their ship games. Finally coming out of those misty waters, everybody. So we're not going to be talking about this because uh, we haven't seen it yet. But uh, the plan is for Jeff Marquefava to distribute a reaction on MinMax's Twitch account uh, when that's live. And then that'll be up on YouTube after the fact. So if you want to watch that there. Jacob Geller, any interest in that Skull and Bones? Uh, I mean, not in the game, but like yes. I am in the story. Like, <laughs> yes. you know, and uh, like how... How long when when I was an intern at Game Informer, I wrote a story about like the longest game developments. Uh, and so I kind of like I'm weighing that against like, OK, you know, you had Kingdom Hearts three. You had the last guardian. Like how how long has Skull and Bones technically been in development? 
It has been a long time, and that is, I mean, I'm more interested, I'm with you, in that story than I think the specifics of the game, but maybe that stream will turn us around, so you can check that out on the archive on our YouTube channel. Uh, also, big announcement happened. Janet, this was exciting. We had a, our first ever poll? No, a second poll ever for the deepest dive, and we had a week-long poll running on Twitter. People got to choose between Portal 2, between Live Alive, which is that old SNES throwback RPG, um, then Jack and Daxter, and then A Plague Tale Innocence. And somehow it was like neck and neck for days, which I did not see coming. Um, and then Janet, this is a good thing. You shared it. You, you gave a little rally out there saying, hey folks, Jack and Daxter would be the great deepest dive that game rules. And it got a little bump and it was moving, but it was still clearly in last place. And then out of the woodwork, this Jack and Daxter community came out and they championed the hell out of that poll and Jack and Daxter ended up crushing it. So we're officially taking the deepest dive into Jack and Daxter one, everybody. How do you feel, Janet? I feel good. I hope everyone shows up to watch it because I do think that like once the Echo community, which is the handle of the Twitter account, an account I'm very familiar with. I do follow them. They did appear in my chat when I did my, you know, I'm a Jagannexter stand in case you like miss that. Um, I did the anniversary platinum marathon subathon like last year for like the 20th anniversary. Right. So I platinum the game from front to back. Um, so like I know that game really well. I know that community really well. Like anytime they like post, it's it's funny because it's like not a live franchise anymore, but they like, the, I feel like the community goes so hard for that game. Yeah. So once like, once it was out there, I was like, it's over because like it did not shock me that it won because like people really like that game. So but I hope that they also like show up and, you know, support um, and or watch the deepest dive after the fact, because, um, yeah, I mean, I want people to watch our stuff. <laughs> that, that is nice. No, it is nice. Yeah. And then like the one of the eco community members like was really championing. It. And then they jumped in. Is that what it's called? Echo? I mean, the the handle is. Yeah. Yeah, it's eco-immunity, like, okay. like, dark, like light and dark eco. But they yeah. immediately supported us on Patreon and jumped in the Discord and were, like, giving out tips on the best versions to play and all that stuff, which I greatly appreciated. Oh, so they are, they are, they are ready nice. to go. So hopefully we'll get some real Jack and Daxter wisdom here. But this is going to be a two-part series, everybody, for the deepest dive on Jack and Daxter. So the first discussion is going to be next week. It is going to technically be recorded on Thursday, July 14th in the morning. So we'll need all of your thoughts on the opening of Jack and Daxter 1 submitted on Wednesday, July 13th. You can support us at any tier on Patreon. Submit your thoughts. We'll read it on our show. So for the first stopping point, for that first discussion, we're going to be covering everything in the game up until you get to Rock Village which Janet tells me you need 20 power cells to get to. So everything until you get to Rock Village, everybody. This is the first stopping point. And then the next discussion is going to be the following week, and then that is going to be the rest of the game. So quick and easy two-part. It'll be a fun time. It'll be Jeff Hum and Janet Garcia and friend of the show, uh, Charles McGregor, and then maybe another special guest as well. So it should be a fun time. So we encourage you to, to join the party for the deepest dive on Jack and Daxter, everybody. Uh, Jacob, uh, ben, oh, yes, sir, quick. please, please. Skull and Bones. Star Development 2013. So really? it is scheduled to come out next year. So that will be a full 10 years. My God, I'd imagine at this point some of those developers are skulls and bones. How long have you been holding on to that, Ben? I, honestly, I had it written down in my notes. I'll share it with you later because it's pretty embarrassing. Um, hey, remember on this podcast like a thousand times in a row when we were talking about God of War Ragnarok and we all got really high on our horse and be like, no way that's coming out 2022. If that comes out 2022, I will eat 
my hat and my chair. Um, and then on Wednesday, Sony came out and said, guess what, everybody? November 9th, 2022. Take time off work. Mark your calendars. Draw, draw with permanent marker in your calendars. This sucker's hitting. Uh, Jacob Geller, how did that how did that hit you? I mean, you know, good, I guess. <laughs> like, I, I, I still, I would like it to come out this year. Um, and this seems confident enough that it's like they, they could have just kept not saying anything and then eventually thrown up a new trailer and said next year. So the fact that, like, they're calling a date, uh, great. Yeah. I hope it hits it. I also hope it hits it. I don't know why. I guess I know why, because everything gets delayed over and over again. But I'm feeling good if they're feeling this confident to put that date out there. But Janet, are you excited? What do you think about uh, the little trailer they had today? Yeah, I, I'm definitely excited. It's nice to have a date. I do feel pretty confident that, they, that they'll hit that date. I think they were very clearly intentional for like, well, holding on to it and waiting for them to feel like they were ready to reveal the date. Yeah. So I do feel like they're going to hit it. Like I'd be... I mean, nothing really shocks me because it's like, you know, anything can change and things can be very slippery. But I, I feel pretty confident that that's their date. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for this to come in under the wire for like game of the year kind of conversations. Yeah. Um, and I'm also now just realizing that November 9th is a week that I am out of town for a wedding. So now I'm hoping the embargo is oh, early enough no. that I can record something. Oh, no. Um, but I didn't notice that until like right this moment. Um, but yeah. Let's go. It's it and behind like behind the scenes. Didn't they give god of war like a month early to reviewers i feel like i remember that one being like like they were pretty confident and pretty finished where it's like they sent out those review copies way early yeah i don't remember that could be right i don't remember the specifics of it but it was definitely a game that felt like it was coming in hot but maybe they got a review build locked in somewhat early and sent that out um that little trailer that they showed it's so weird hearing atreus now because he sounds so old and i'm trying he's to all grown up he is his voice now. is just like his voice has fully cracked like obviously it's the same voice actor and stuff but it's just like a weird thing to try and wrap my mind around it's like okay this is this is still the same atreus even though the voice sounds night and day different even though it's the same I, actor. I liked it i mean maybe as a like not that big of a fan of atreus in the first game How like i you. think you know i was i was like oh cool they let him age you know he's not doing like an impression of himself four <laughs> years ago or whatever you know nor could he but <laughs> right right and the big reveal in this little 30 second uh, cinematic trailer they had was that uh our old friend fenrir the wolf the great big wolf uh is revealed at the end it's a cool cool image and you know without spoiling god of war 2018 but it's interesting to try and see fans trying to wrap their minds around fenrir the wolf who canonically and we all know our scandinavian mythology canon right sarah Yes. Okay, canonically, mm -hmm. Fenrir is Loki's kid, but then the world serpent is also Loki's kid. So it gets really bizarre, and especially when you factor in that there's a line from Mimir in God of War 2018 where he said that the world serpent and Thor fought so hard <laughs> that it like shattered the earth and the world serpent was sent back in time. And so it's confusing to try and figure out what's going on, how much they're adhering strictly to Scandinavian mythology, if there's going to be a confusing amount of like circular time travel in this God of War subseries. Jacob Geller, are you into this? I know you're a big God of War guy, but I remember you're much more into the Greek mythology and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I am kind of notoriously not a fan of 
2018's game, but really? a lot of my the, a lot of the part that I didn't like because we talked about this recently on like yeah. were the were the old games good or bad. What I didn't like was just like the father and son video game story that we've played a million times, sure. and so it feels like they can't do that again. And the the main things I want from a God of War two are one more boss fights and two uh, not a story about a dad like struggling to pat his son on the back. And it really seems like both of those things are going to be fulfilled with this game. So I have pretty I have high hopes. I think like the biggest action set piece for this game, if they're not if I mean this is the end of the Norse mythology saga, and it's called Ragnarok, and there's so many gods we haven't seen like. There is going to be a battle in this game towards the end that is going to be absolutely bananas. I'm just curious to see technically how far they can push things. But, uh, and it's on the PS4. So, yeah, so well, I am very curious. But yeah, November 9th, 2022, everybody. Um, and not to call a shot early, but I cannot imagine a universe where we wouldn't take the deepest dive on God of War Ragnarok. Uh, we did the game club back at Game Informer. It was a fun time. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot to talk about. I think it's going to be a fun time. So look forward to that, everybody. Uh, but for now... Let's talk about 2022. Let's talk about not the future. Let's talk about the past. Let's talk about everything we've covered so far, please. Because we have hit the halfway point for 2022. Basically, you know, it's like you're taking the SATs and they say, oh, your time is half up, everybody. Uh, time is half up. Let's see how you all are doing. Got to track and see if you're keeping up with games. Sarah, do you feel like you're doing uh, a good job of staying on top of 2022's releases? I mean, I think I've done a good job staying on top of things, but there hasn't been a lot to stay on top of. Hmm. I don't feel like I I mean, like maybe for me personally. Yeah, I haven't like I haven't found yet my one game that I'm like, I haven't found like my Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye or like my Final Fantasy 14 Endwalker. Like I haven't found my game yet. Yeah. I'm still looking. I'm still on that journey. Yeah, and it's not Stranger Paradise. My well is dry when it comes to games. My well is dry. Well, I mean, it's not that you don't have stuff you love. I mean, you love Kirby and stuff like that, but just you don't feel like you have like that underdog that you're ready to champion type of thing. There's like not a deep passion for it. Huh. Well, hey, uh, should we go around and share our top three picks of our games of the year so far for 2022 because we're not doing the full 10 saving that for the end of the year of course but just thank god figuring out yeah, yeah where we're god. at right now like janet what do you think is like your number three my number three hold on sorry i'm still like getting my voice back Slim. uh number three ollie ollie world hell yeah um, interesting I, yeah i really love that game um admittedly i don't Maybe that'll change like over time. Um, but I, I think that game does a, a fantastic job at capturing the fun and thrill that is skating. Um, I think it's really like stunning visually. Um, and it's just a blast to play. And I think they I, I also like the balance between um, being able to have these really intricate combos that you can pull off and also being able to just kind of coast through the game if you don't want to memorize like these really crazy combos and rack up points. That was one of my beefs with like I played like the original Ollie Ollie game um i forgot that was just called ollie ollie but i really didn't like that one because it was so precise on everything they had to do and i struggled with it uh this one's so much friendlier and inviting yeah. Uh, but yeah i really enjoyed it yeah full disclaimer you did a mock review for this one right mm-hmm. yeah so you got to yeah. play it early and all that stuff but yeah it's, it's definitely up there for games that i want to go back to where I, I bounced off it and then i went back to it like on a flight and just locking in time with it on the switch it's like oh this game is really fun there is a great flow to this thing and also i've just been really craving skateboarding games like i've been really tempted to go back to that pro skater one and two remake because they had that like 120 fps update 
on next gen and stuff. And it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe I could still scratch some of those itches by just going back and playing more Ollie Ollie world. But great choice. I love that. That's, that's a beautiful number three. Um, Sarah, what's your number three? Uh huh. If I had, I, I did a lot of deliberation. Yeah, and please. if I had to pick yeah. in my heart of hearts, if I had to pick a number three, this is really, it would still be Final Fantasy 14, even though it's not a new game. <sighs> Nothing has dethroned it. Yeah. It sits there in spot number three still. Okay. I'm going with my heart. And Look, my heart says Final Fantasy XIV. It's going to be a rough end of the year, isn't it? It really is going to be rough. Because you're just going to be like 14. Uh, there also is this DLC called Echoes of the Eye. I think it should be in our 210s. Again, um, it was just that good. I thought about it so much that I think it should still count. No, that's good. It, it, what's, what's new in 14? What's going on over there? Just new updates, new content. New ever. I've just been still playing it. There's How, a lot to play. What do you average average week? Like now. That's hard because I'm a busy person, Ben. I you don't have a job. <laughs> what are you but, doing over there? Yeah, do, I'm doing um, this, Ben. You've already all seen at our me job for, like, right now. We're ben. literally at our jobs. <laughs> you know, but we don't have a job. Well, we get we have a paycheck, so I uh, it's good, that's good enough for me. You that's know, true. But okay, average week though. How much time do you think you're giving to the Final Fantasy 14? Probably like. Like eight hours, eight to eight-ish hours, eight that's, to ten that's hours. That's impressive. That's a lot of time. That's more than I thought. That, that's wild. All right. It's so, a full work day. Yeah. Final Fantasy 14, everybody's still good. It's not every day. That's per week. <laughs> I just want to say, that's a week. Right, 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 right. You're not a monster, I guess. Maybe I should change mine to Fortnite then, if we're just doing, like, vibes. I think so. I think we should go off sheer vibes at this point. I mean, and it is Fortnite summer of vibes. That's the it season. Is right Everyone now. is season. playing Fortnite now. I feel like I'm missing the, the battle bus, so to speak. Oh, yeah. There's always more room for you on the battle bus, Sarah. If you ever want to jump on, we'd love to have you. There's plenty of space. <laughs> what, what is what is your renaissance with Fortnite? Or is this the first time you've fallen into it, Janet? Because it's been, like, what, the last couple first- weeks? time it's my first time fortnighting it up i mean I've, I've always respected it like i played it when it first came out well that's kind of a loose term came out but you know uh, and i was like okay cool i see the appeal i think this is an amazing game not interested because i don't do competitive multiplayer i don't know what broke inside me that said let's jump into fortnite i think like randomly i just wanted to play with my friends and then i was like Oh man, this looks way better on PS5 than on Switch. I'm gonna download it on my PS5. Then I was like, oh, a new season starting. I got the pass, and then then I bought the crew because I'm like, well, I want this skin. And then I've already like dropped like some V bucks into like I, they have that emote that like lets you play Pac-Man, so I have that. <laughs> and I just love that game. It's so much freaking fun. And I've won a couple matches at this point, and I just love it. It's 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 just it's just such a joy to play. It's always evolving, and there's like so much um, knowledge already out there with like friends I know that have played much longer that can kind of help me like hone my style and like what I like to do in it. And there's so many like amazing, fun gaming moments. I do feel like I'm talking from like a million years ago because I am both newer to online multiplayer and new to Fortnite. And I'm like, whoa, gaming with your friends is so fun. But also it's fun to play by yourself. Like I can have a blast playing Fortnite alone. Yeah. Um, I don't need anybody. I just drop (laughs) out and it's, amazing and i'm like running over people and you have a radio it's like it's it's just insane again very late take but i love that game are you it's playing so freaking it good. without the building without yeah, the no build no build is a thing that no helped yes. Ooh, that does yes. kind of why it's in a renaissance right now yes. i know honestly like been obsessed with it janet picked it up and yeah. it's all because they took away the building and it's just a yeah. great kind of PUBG battle royale like no more building yeah, that is tempting. You're saying the magic words. And like Sarah, I know you're you're very into the hide and go seek. 
uh, within Fortnite. <laughs> but like, yeah, oh, is it, we're professionals. Is it like a stance that you have that I will not get into it, or why have you not? I just don't have thing? my plate. My plate overfloweth. Yeah, my plate is full. You just said your plate was empty. You said your well ran dry. <laughs> yeah, five minutes Fortnite. ago. Fortnite so the well is dry, but the plate's the really full. Fortnite is not <laughs> the water for my well. Here. Take some of the, the <laughs> stuff on your plate and dump it down the well, and then pile on some Fortnite. Right, right, right. Side of Chuck Splash never hurt anybody, Sarah. Come on. There it is. Uh, Jacob Geller, what's your number three? My number three uh, is a little game called the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for championing this thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do, do you feel um, like we're paying enough attention to it in the industry for how good that thing was? I mean, it's, it's like, I know... It it is it is maybe a victim of its own marketing because yes. I don't like I don't know I I feel like people won't treat it as a new game and that kind of makes sense but also I think they should but like I mean the thing that I said I I think just in our Slack was like I enjoyed playing that game more now than I did the original Stanley Parable when I played it and. I would never have expected that because it's like, I know the joke, you know, right, it's like, right. like the first time I played Stanley Parable, I was like, oh, I can go left instead of right. And that was like a revelation. And I knew all that. And I still thought this one was like funnier and more interesting than that original game. You're right. It, it's a great way to frame it. It is. It is stuck <laughs> in the shell of its own marketing of like Stanley Parable, Ultra Deluxe, even talking about it on this show, it's like. This is not just a remaster of Stanley Parable, everybody. It is very aware of that expectation, and it goes places that you would not expect, and it is delightful. But also, it does contain all of the original Stanley Parable, so it's a really tough thing to talk about without just spoiling it. And I feel like there is a way to spoil it that would get more people interested, <laughs> but it's like, no, just trust us, it's new. And it makes it very clear where the new stuff is, and it's a very fun meta-exploration of that. Like, yeah, if you enjoy the writing of you know the portal series you should absolutely check out stanley parable and ultra deluxe would be a great place to jump in yeah and like the stuff I, the stuff they added is i think more specifically my vibe than the first game as well it's like i think the first the original is very funny but like yeah the new stuff is is more more abstract and more kind of experimental and just kind of like strange you know like there's not always the fir first game was also weird but it's like the punchline is often just kind of a like this is such a bizarre thing to be happening and not like nearly as like there's always going to be a joke at the end uh it's god it's so good yeah. it's just like like several of those endings i have just like kept thinking about it's bizarre sarah did you end up streaming that game i did what'd you think I mean, I knew what I was getting into. Right. Uh, it's a good game. Fun game. Good, fun experience. Was, was it was it overhyped or you felt like, okay, this, this is about right? I would say it lived up to expectations. Um, <laughs> Are you sound like you're in a courtroom. Meets <laughs> Very diplomatic. <laughs> meets expectations. Is Someone's going to lean over to Sarah camera? and be like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, my number three... Uh, I'm really thinking about this. I think at this point it's Pokemon Legends Arceus. For the highs of that game, I had such a blast. And it's a lot of baggage of the Pokemon series and just finally being able to 
uh, I don't know, throw a Pokeball? This seems like a mind-bending experience, you know, just basic core ideas, but just having a sense of adventure, feeling a sense of, like, danger from a Pokemon world, I really love that experience with all the highs and lows involved. And even the challenging endgame stuff, but we already talked about that enough with the Deepest Dive, but that's... You're that. just saying that because you finished the B... the not the Bidoof quest, but the weasel, water weasel quest. That's right. Immediately. Yep, the best round. That's what you're saying. That's right. And I caught that Gyarados that nobody else could catch. But look, I'm no Pokemon champion. Everyone's a master in their own God's way. God's favorite. Ben's hands. Please, Arceus's favorite. Uh, Janet, what's, uh, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Hell which yeah. in some ways, I wonder, should this be number one? Maybe. Number one. Really fucking good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wonder, but then I ended up not picking it. So then what does that say? But um, I, I love this game. I think this did. It was very praised. So I don't want to say it's underrated, but I feel yeah. like if you are someone who like me um, and I love Kirby, so I was going to play this pretty much regardless. Um, but when I like heard people, you know, like talk about just how good it was, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be that good. Like I was telling Tim over on kind of funny because uh, he ranked it a five out of five. And I'm like, a five out of five? I don't know. But then I played it and I was like, absolutely. Look, I, I got toward the end and I was like, this amazing game somehow got even better. And the ending just totally blew me away. I think it's so <laughs> difficult to land. Um, to create that grandiosity in an ending for video games yeah. and you know lots of people try they're like oh it's a really hard boss or whatever or like oh it's a big kind of crazy battle happening at the end but i think kirby did it so masterfully in a way that i think is really challenging when you're a level based game too it was just like a fugue of sweets at mm -hmm. the end and it was just fantastic i love this game not enough good things to say about it also you can shoot cans as a vending machine yeah that's really good yeah it is it is it really snuck up on me, and I'm glad that I, I gave it its due and had that 180 experience with Kirby the Forgotten Land. Oh, like, and they gave him a gun, and then the gun upgrades to have two guns. Yeah, <laughs> it is it is stellar. Um, the endgame stuff, if you want to call it the endgame stuff, did you dabble much with that? The kind of just kind of remixy, challengey stuff? No, I'm not pro gamer. I was I, like, yeah. whoa, difficult? Mm -mm. Once I started even dying in bosses, I was like, y'all taking it too far. The final boss, <laughs> that final boss rocked me. Uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Great choice. Great choice. Great game. Great game. Uh, Sarah, what's your number two? Mine was also Kirby. Hell yeah. yeah. Great game. Great choice. A good, a good experience start to finish. No snags, really. It was yep. very smooth. I really enjoyed being like a light bulb. And I didn't yeah. think that I was going to. I enjoyed being a boomerang. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed mouthful moding things. It was surprising how well integrated it was. And it didn't feel... I thought it was going to be super gimmicky, and it is a gimmick, but it doesn't feel like shoehorned in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Jacob Keller, what's your number two? My number two is Elden Ring. Elden Ring, Elden and Ring, gentlemen. number two. Um, you heard of this one? <laughs> this this little game, this little thing. Um, yeah, how have you been uh, sitting on Elden Ring? Has it grown in your mind and your fondness since you've been playing it, or since you stopped, I, or is it depreciated? I think it's depreciated a little, mm. which is, I mean, it's tough because while I was playing it, I was like, this is the greatest game ever made. So yeah. there's kind of nowhere for it to go but down from there. Yeah. I I think, I don't know. It's like, it's so big that I have not had the desire to replay it the way that I've replayed every other FromSoft game. And like, 
often my my affection for their games really grows in the replays but it's like i'm i'm staring down the barrel of kind of like do i want to spend another 80 hours doing this and also like when you know that most of the things you find are not going to be relevant for like what you're doing like the first time you do it you're just finding all these treasures and it's great but like the second time you're doing it i feel like i would be much more kind of like why do i need a magic staff i'm not doing magic um but that's complaining about it. Here's the thing. Still, while I was playing it, I was like, this is the greatest game I've ever played. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah, like, while playing it, I remember having that thought of like, yeah, if if you were arguing this is the greatest game I've ever made, I would have a tough time arguing against it. Um, that said, it is my greatest sin this year that I, I fell off and I didn't finish this thing. I need to go back to it. Because, Sarah, you ended up... I mean, you were talking about like last week. How, yeah. Like, you're very close to the I know. end. Well... You're, you're, you're you know, you, you got... I mean, optionally, a hundred more hours. You're but like, if you to were just to mainline it, yeah, you would you would be able to see credits and probably fifteen twenty more hours. A end is good enough for a me. Uh, yeah, I need to. I'm gonna be streaming uh, myself playing it on Twitch. So follow me, Max, on Twitch, and um, I need the community's help to try and get back in that groove because there's a lot of just specifics that I completely forgot about. Because Sarah, you finished it on stream, right? Yep, I'm all done, wrapped up. Got my Ronnie ending. I'm married. Oh, game, congratulations. I'm married. Congratulations. You know, we're living on the moon. Congratulations. That's beautiful. I love it. That's beautiful for uh, you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's my number one. Number one, yeah. It's yeah. my it's my number one as well. I literally I look at myself in the mirror and I don't recognize myself with a from top <laughs> game at my number one. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she, what she did with me, but yeah, Elden Ring is still in my number one slot. There it is. Tough, tough to tough to move around. Uh my number two. Is a game that I am I am fascinated by, and I can't wait for the game of the year discussions from like other outlets out there, uh, because my number two is Nobody Saves the World. Uh, Janet, you also love this game, right? Yeah. Okay. It's on my other list that we're not talking about currently, oh. but it might. I don't know if it'll move. Yeah, it's a great game. I think it's a fantastic game, action RPG. Um, but just I had so much fun unlocking new characters. Always just a drip feed of new challenges, new characters to unlock remixing the skills, building out these specific builds of these characters, combining their abilities. Genuinely, some of the most fun in gaming I've had in years. I was just gaga over this thing. And it was a weird case of like playing this before release. I was over the moon about it. Like I remember talking on the podcast, like it's the most I've been quote unquote addicted uh, to a video game, enthralled by a video game. What's a better word, Jacob Geller? Enthralled? Obsessed. Obsessed. Yeah, can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, compulsed. I don't know. The point is, I was very into this now game. Going back in the other direction. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Like I hadn't felt those vibes since like Stardew Valley in like 2016. Like I was just all in on this thing, and then it came out. And well, wait, even before it came out, though, I remember talking to like you know Mike Mahardy and Dan Reichert, and they were also like all in on this thing. And then it came out, and it's like it really hits for some people, and for other people, it's like ah, it's like an action RPG. Seems cute. I like the art. Moving on. It's like what? It just there's something magical yeah, feel, about it I for feel a like certain we play group. Different games. Yeah. Like I don't know, because um, I also love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, a lot of people that I know were very like unenamored. Is that a word? I don't know. Like <laughs> not into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're just not into it. They're like, I think this is Drink Box Weeks project. Da da da. This that, and the other. I think it's fantastic. I think the humor is totally there. Um, it has references, but isn't as insanely memed as Scrumpy Cat is. Um, the the synergy between the form abilities is just fantastic. Yeah. And specifically playing this co-op, because I will say, and you played alone, right, Ben? Yeah, super alone. Never more alone. Yeah. 
just just you and your thoughts That's um right. so yeah you and yourself and god you know among you like just by yourself you had a good time but i i don't know how much i would have liked it alone only because i do think it got pretty hard at parts but playing with someone else i mean you can go from being an egg to a mermaid in that game like this game is awesome <laughs> it's got everything yes. you need uh, yeah, and uh, it's available on every system at this point. I don't know if it's still on Game Pass, but uh, yeah, Nobody Saves the World. I would definitely recommend not missing this one because it's it's in the tough spot. It's a January game. I feel like by the end of the year, everyone's going to be forgetting about it, but I really love it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Janet, your number one? Yeah, my number one is uh, Horizon Forbidden West. Which wow. I feel like it's kind of a, uh, a boring number one in that it's like, oh, a big AAA game that isn't Elden Ring. <laughs> like it's, it's kind of a, a bit of an unpopular opinion in that sense. But I love that game. I think it totally improves on the first one. Um, I went back and played a bunch more hours um, and platinumed it. Jesus. So, yeah, I love this game. Um, once I got, you know, I, I had mentioned before that I was sick with COVID. And I for a while, I couldn't even game. Like, I got hit with it really bad. I was just out there sleeping awful when i finally recovered and was good enough to game and i played a little bit of Fortnite. this is also what i played like and i was like i'm just gonna live in this world until it's done totally um and yeah i mean i just think it's fantastic like if you like the first game if you enjoy just that core combat loop i think there's more to enjoy with the traversal um again definitely up for debate like some people hate how aloy jumps because she's kind of a mountain goat i like that she's a mountain goat <laughs> i think it's cool um but yeah i love that game that's currently my number one we'll uh see what happens when i love War comes out i love that pick i feel yeah. like yeah i feel like most people saying what they love it it's always like this weird apologetic tone and like there is such a weird vibe yeah. to the discussions about that game yeah but it's like no it's like it's, it's a, a good, good game triple, it's a good yeah. open world game yes it's not like insanely reinventive like it's not breath of the wild level but i think it does a really fantastic job at the at that formula yeah absolutely i just also liked it i played it kind of like after after the the elden ring month or whatever because i was like well i'm not gonna start forbidden west before then i feel like people don't give that game's story enough credit like mm. like it's it's a really good story like i there were there were several missions in that and just like the ideas especially like the past stuff i just think is like so cool and fairly subversive for a you know 200 million dollar game made by a you know however many billion dollar companies yeah that game's good huh oh damn yeah it's one that i definitely want to go back to um it's it's on the pile it's on the pile that i look at with affection uh and all my heart um, but uh, my number one, yeah, is uh, is Elden Ring as well. And no, Sarah, I haven't finished it. And I know it's weird to put it in the pile if I haven't technically finished it. Uh, but I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to get to it soon. Careful. So. Life comes at you fast, Ben. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I, oh, I am going to finish it by the end of the year. Absolutely. This may be your bravely default. You don't know. <laughs> don't you also ever say the end that. Of the year. <laughs> completely different. Completely different. Uh, I don't know. It could happen to anybody. <laughs> Look in the mirror, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being bravely defaulted. Uh, Aaron Hurd writes in, uh, submits a question over on Patreon, is a better way to phrase it, and they say... Wait, I, uh, sorry, yeah, wait. I haven't seen the number one. Oh, we just assumed that it was Horizon Zero Dawn. We picked we one on. for you. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Jacob, what's your number one? Sorry. Citizen Sleeper. Oh, oh man, I should have remember that he played that. I thought it was going to be Norco. Citizen Sleeper it was, was good. I mean, they they will probably both be on my top 10 list. Norco a little higher up because like Citizen Sleeper does all the good things that I liked about Norco, like the cool text and the world building and whatever, but like really gamifies it in a way that 
these other games that I like, you know, Disco Elysium and Kentucky Route Zero, like they've got great writing. There's not a ton of game there. And and Citizen Sleeper like adds the game back in in a way that I found completely, you know, I, I played that game in one sitting. That's amazing. And this is on still just Switch and PC, right? Xbox. I guess. Oh, or, it is on it, Xbox. Well, yes, yes, yes. Game Pass, but I don't know if it's on like the Xbox console. Um, right. I don't know. Yeah. I played it on PC. I, I can't imagine it has very high system requirements, so that's something. Uh, lay it um, out. Uh, what type of person would you have to be to be compelled by Citizen Sleeper? Who should who should walk and check this thing out? Walk to their keyboard. I mean, like definitely if you're if you're a person who likes those other games I mentioned, you know, uh, Disco Elysium, etc. Uh, also, if you're if you're a tabletop player, I think in general, this game is like centered around the concept of dice in a way that is very kind of tangible. And I don't like tabletop games, but I still liked uh, the dice thing. Yeah, I don't know if you like if you like sci fi dystopias. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. There you go. Citizen it is on Sleeper. console. It is. Okay. Is it on on Xbox? Like not just uh, Game Pass PC, but I think just Game Pass base. Gotcha. Cool. Good to know. Citizen Sleeper, everybody. Okay. Now Aaron heard submits this question, um, and they say, "Do any of the maxis? Do we like that? Do we, is that cool? Mm, kind of like maxi pad, no, which isn't bad, Very but it cool. is a little bit of a I don't know about that association. Okay, interesting. Uh, do any of the maxis have a favorite underrated game of 2022? Although it reviewed well, uh, so I'm not sure how underrated it is. Triangle Strategy is my favorite game of the year so far, and I feel as though it came and went with very little fanfare. Oh, yeah. That is absolutely the case. Um, people who liked it really liked it, but that is one that I feel like people will be screaming about at the end of the year that went by fast. Um, but yeah, underrated things for 2022. Um, the one that comes to my mind, my mind is sounded like Moira Rose there all of a sudden. But... Uh, something that I feel like should get more love. I think it slipped under the radar as like, oh, it's just a tech demo. And sure, that is ultimately what a fraction of it is. But Aperture Desk Job, I feel like didn't get enough love so far like, this year. We don't year. all have Steam Deck. You don't need, that's and the thing. You yeah, don't I, I just need, played it on a computer. Yeah, you we can play it on the computer. Deck it, is, it, it is a 30-minute game from Valve set within the Portal universe written by the writers of Portal 2 and you and it's free and you don't need the steam deck to play it like it is such a layup and i feel like everyone was like yeah yeah something steam deck something something moving on but it is a funny little portal experience that's 30 minutes and free that everybody can play so aperture desk job is is i think my biggest contender for underrated did you, gamer did now? you play ben the the vive like the aperture yeah lab technology thing the because lab. that's another you know it's like I, I was going to say well if you haven't played that then that's another like portal writers thing it's weird that they have these writers in a room and they just like let them do one 30 minute project every five years right see <laughs> we're supporting portal we're, we like single player content look at this yeah um janet you got one that's underrated for 2022 uh yeah i think rebel dog's pretty fun it's a oh, yeah. platformer it's a kind of old school like uh ilkin style and uh, you have a your dog. You have a grappling hook. Uh, pretty cute. It's like a seventy six on Metacritic. So I feel like that's uh, kind of on that on that mid end. Um, yeah. And then I also really want to shout out. It's maybe not underrated because it before you know scored pretty well. Uh, Eighty three on Metacritic. Strange Horticulture was your fun January game. Right. PC only. And I also don't like sitting on my PC. So if you're like that, please play the game anyway. It's point and click. Uh, you are kind of running a plant store and people come in and they'll like have different issues and you'll have to find the plant. Um, and so sort of the puzzle of it 
is finding out which plant it is based on, you know, they never really know the name. They'll be like, oh, I don't know. It has like this kind of leaf or it does this thing. Um, but there's also additional fun layers of like finding locations on a map that you have and doing some funky decoding stuff. Um, and you're sort of uncovering uh, this like occult mystery in the town. So, um, yeah, I had a, a really good time with that. I think it was super well constructed and pretty fun if you like story puzzle sim stuff. Yeah, strange horticulture is that one, and then Grapple Dog was the one before. Um, we we listed it on the breakdown that we were going to talk about it, then we didn't, and it was surprisingly got a lot of uh, people being like, "Hey, we want to hear your thoughts on that." Um, Card Shark was that another one that you consider kind of underrated from this year so far, Jana? Yeah, I think so. Um, again, I don't know how underrated it is because I'm sure the Metacritic is probably pretty healthy for that game. Um, but I really liked it. Um, I think it's it's a, it's unique in that it's not. A card game at all which i think was like a definitely a uphill marketing battle that they had where it's yeah. like it's not a card game it's a game about cheating so basically it's a string of um quick time events and little memorization moments which probably sounds very dull but i think in practice it can be really fun and playful i think they have some nice support systems built in for difficulty to kind of make it less intensive um and the story's really fun and the art is like very striking as well so i think it's, it's a yeah. game that is worth checking out and it has like a lot of character to it i think and i think they pulled off what they wanted to do uh pretty successfully yeah card shark was that one from from devolver um put that thing out but yeah i was always curious about that thing uh other underrated games from 2022 that haven't hit yet i'm still thinking about how fish is made <laughs> oh, I, I think how God. fish is made is like <laughs> I'm. I still think about it every day. I wake up and I think about that little parasite doing a tap dance, <laughs> and it really just takes me through the rest of my day. Yeah, that was our. It's also it. free to play. Is it? Is that right? So yeah, it's on mm -hmm. Steam and it's free. And if you're just a weird, I mean, it's short. It was like twenty minutes. Yeah, we're talking aperture desk job material. But how fish is made? If you want a surreal little narrative experience that's mm -hmm. i mean looks, that's that's gotta scary. be like a moment of it the is. year right mm -hmm. like the yeah. music video for me, for i think so i think so yeah, yeah i think we're really and then there's another game that we also played on cream of the steam called bore dome no which on, is really Sarah, good i'm not that familiar you with this wrote, you wrote a really nice review on steam about it ben i did yeah you did is that because <laughs> you were logged into my steam account oh god who knows wait i thought that you just really liked it bore dome uh, by the way, I'm not familiar with this cream of the steam show you keep talking oh, about. Oh, I mean, steam secret I stash. Oh, I don't okay. like that combination of words. <laughs> no one does, but it somehow lives on, even out of the host's mouth. Um, okay, Bore Dome. What is this weird thing? It looks kind of uh, Rick and Morty-esque. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is? What, what's going on here? You basically play that you live in a perfect world, and there's no sense of like boredom or monotony or failure anymore and so you go into these different experiences you take these pills to experience things like you know like embarrassment or just boredom or you want to experience like failures or there's like all these different types of like negative emotions that huh. you feel by taking these pills and then going into these little interactive experiences that they will then prompt you to do something so it's in that category of Steam Secret Stash game where you went into it because it looks silly and then it's like, oh, yeah, this is actually absolute, a good game. absolute gem of a game. Oh, my damn. Boar Dome is the name of that one. Uh, Jacob, you got some? I do. Uh, it's my, my biggest one is a VR game. Sorry. Um, it's... <laughs> It is this game that I just played. We actually brought it up uh, a couple weeks ago. It's this yeah. game called The Last Clockwinder uh, that is for the Oculus and 
everything you can play it on any vr system except for psvr um and it is the best it's it's so so cool in one of those like like every three games i play in vr I have a like I have never done anything like this in a game experience right, right. and this is one of those the have you seen um the original Fantasia oh you kidding me big time yeah so you know you know the the uh scene that always scared me as a child where Mickey trains all the brooms to like carry the water for him right. or whatever so the last clockwinder is essentially that where like you have pretty simple tasks that are usually some variation of like there's a fruit tree on one side of the room and there's a basket on the other side of the room and you've got to get the fruit into the basket and so you could like pick it and walk across the room and put it in the basket or you could record yourself throwing the fruit and when you record yourself then a little automaton takes your place and will repeatedly just pick the fruit and throw it. And then you can, re- can record yourself again on the other side of the room, catching it and putting it in the basket. And so you have like two automatons that are just working in like perfect synchronicity with each other. And it gets so complicated so fast in that it's like, OK, you know, this this fruit needs to be cut off using a knife and there's only one knife in the room. So you have to share it between all your automatons. Oh, and so God. you're like recording yourself handing a knife to like nothing. <laughs> but then you go to that place and take the knife from the other like robot That's and do it so back and forth. Fun. And so it's kind of like Factorio or like any of those games that are about like building a system. But like. It's all you and you can see like your own mannerisms in the automatons. Weird. And so it's like I threw that in a funny way. And so then you can see the robot every time throwing it in a the same funny way that you did. It's like it is brilliant. It's so fun and like, you know, kind of easy to learn, hard to master, all that. Like if you have a VR thing, you should try this because it's just completely unique. Yeah, the last clockwinder. Yeah, it's it's definitely one that's like, God. Feel like I need to borrow a VR headset just to try that because I want to experience that weird thing of creating an entire factory room of myself. That is just a yeah, sensation. It's like you'll have experience. you'll have rooms where you have like you know ten or more automatons that are all like doing different <laughs> things, and then you just get to like stand back and watch them all do stuff. Yeah, Sarah, how's your VR? VR? Looks really cool. Yeah, totally. Um, are you still into VR stuff, Sarah? Do you feel like that's kind of a, a fad for you after you got it? And then it kind of faded away? I, I still am, but like, I mean, I guess I'll play it more now than I have the time for it. But it's been kind of a... Unless someone comes out and says you have to play this, yeah. I am not like actively looking for VR games. That's this happening kind of, now. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm doing. <laughs> the the VR filter, like finding the good amongst the random, is kind of hard for VR. Like there's not like a really good... Unless it's like, you know, like Jacob or Leo... Right, right. Afraid to step on my cat. That's one of the big barriers with VR. (laughs) I'm still overcoming a little bit, like, the VR sickness a little bit. Like, I'm still working on, like, pushing myself and playing longer and longer. Really? Mm -hmm. I just realized I made this big space in my room because I keep constantly moving everything around, and we just did another reset of the room, and now there's this big square of space. So that's where I can uh, play this game. Also, I have a quick question before I move on. Jacob, why why were the brooms scary to you? (laughs) Well, because I mean, like they they go out of control, like Mickey falls asleep and then he wakes up and they like keep doing it. Yeah. And they like and I think also I was 
So the trust I was always you. scared it wasn't of like the concept. The lack of yeah. control is, I think, what's yeah, specifically really yeah. Freudian this. Yeah, there's like a shot too where he's trying to stop them and they're like marching past him and they're kind of like stomping mm-hmm. over him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The idea that like you would kind of try and and cheat at something and then it would like come back and really mess with you was like kind of a, a scary concept Didn't to he me as a kid. Die? Like, wasn't there like water he, rising? Oh, he drowns. Like, he drowns in that shirt. He does. He's canonically dead. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it doesn't really hold a candle to the end of Fantasia though, with the gargoyle demon coming out of the mountain. It's the most terrifying thing in the world. And there's like, I just remember. The, I correct me if I'm wrong, world, but in my memory, it is like a topless ghost witch, like bah! like coming at the screen, which is just like overwhelming as a kid, like scary movies. I'm pretty sure. Hang on, do I, I have mean, to Google like bulbs and Fantasia? It was the era of that jumbo hallucination thing. Dude, it does. There are, there are, hang on, Fantasia is on Boobpedia. Uh, just so you all oh, are aware. Who isn't on Boobpedia, though, you know what I mean? That's true. Like, live a little. You know what, If don't Google boobs Fantasia. It turns out it's just a bunch of um, real people. Uh, hey, uh, oh, did we talk about the quarry at all? No, we haven't talked about it. Mm-hmm. But uh, have, how many of us have played it? I haven't. Oh. Janet I'm did. saving it for so Friday. <laughs> well, then I don't want to spoil it for Janet. Don't spoil it for anybody. But this is a uh, massive game. Very much spiritual successor, successor to Until Dawn. It's not in the overall bundle of Dark Pictures Anthology, which I feel like those have always been... It's a lot of 7.25s out there for those... <laughs> But people seem warmer on the quarry. Do you like it, Sarah? Is it Until Dawn enough for you? Yeah, the the quarry, just like a top-down, the quarry definitely takes it back to Until Dawn. Because if you remember, like, House of Ashes, it was very, like, yeah, it was just really complicated. And and the quarry takes it back to, like, a teen horror movie. You know, it takes it back to the basis of a bunch of teens fearing for their lives, and there's a very standard movie monster, kind of a standard movie story. Um, I enjoyed the characters a lot more than Until Dawn. Uh, In the quarry, the characters are just, they all have a little more personality. And there's a little more interaction between them. You know, it's not as, the vibes are better, I would say. Until Dawn was kind of depressing because it all kind of builds off a murder that they all unknowingly took part in. Yeah. Um, So the vibes were kind of bad in that one. But definitely this one, a lot more positive vibes. But the story... Was a little was a little boring for me compared to House of Ashes, really? which was a little more bombastic, in huh. my opinion. But definitely, I think a good return to what made Until Dawn good. Yeah, that's good. A fun mm-hmm. one just to play through with friends. Mm-hmm. And I heard there's like a weird mechanic where if a character dies based on some decision, like you have a limited number of options where you can kind of like reset the clock and be like, yeah, 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 but seriously, don't let that person die. There was a moment in the game that I flubbed that then made it and was at toward the end of the game then then made it impossible for me to get like i missed out on like a big chunk of content of the game because i flubbed that moment and usually in other of these games they kind of give you like a second chance like you can mess it up a little bit and then they're like okay but really like we really don't want you to mess this up like do you really want to mess this up and then you can you know make a mistake again but this time it was just like it just kind of all went to shit. Yeah. In a fun way? Mm, 
I lost a lot of teens, Ben. Oh, I'm sorry. I lost a lot of teens. But that is kind of the fun of those games, isn't it? Is like just just to see how many bodies are in the floor. Poor teens die. It is very gory. If you do not like gore, this is not the game for you. Okay. Like Lara Croft dying level gore, or I'm talking like heads being ripped from torsos. Oof. Skulls being crushed. Just pretty graphic. Uh, so Mortal Kombat gore. Yeah, yeah, Mortal Kombat gore. Cool. The quarry was that. Um, speaking of heads being ripped from torsos, I played the new Cuphead DLC. Hey, look at this podcast host. Da, 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 da. Uh, yeah, delicious last course. How was that? There, there is a boss where you fight a big tasty was it? that's like throwing uh, skulls at you. So it is. Uh, it's cool. It's it is a <laughs> cool DLC. It's it like. If you did not connect with Cuphead, there is no world uh, yeah. in which you will connect with this. But I think if you got like halfway through Cuphead, this is actually a pretty cool thing to go back to because like the DLC has has four or five bosses plus some extra stuff. It's not it's like I beat it in probably four hours. Um, it's but, eight bucks, you know. Yeah, and it's like, you know, just seeing the level of of animation in those four bosses is kind of worth it because like they have fully it's like they keep getting more ambitious. Every boss is like like seven completely different rigs that are doing different things. So that's amazing. Yeah. But there's also there's this character, Miss Chalice, who like plays completely differently from Cuphead and Mugman, and you can go back and play with her through all of the original bosses, and I think it would be easier. Like, she she has advantages and disadvantages, but overall, I think you would probably have an easier time with Miss Chalice. Uh, so it's like, if you if you got halfway through the game and gave up, going back and playing with her might be a good way to get back into it. Yeah, I um, I want to love Cuphead. I love the look of Cuphead. I love the idea of Cuphead. I fell off it back in the day, and with this, I went back to it to try and play even more of it. I was like, God, I was just beating my head against that wall. But I was struck by, like, how you unlock Miss Chalice. You have to, like, equip a cookie, and then you become Miss Chalice. It's, like, a weird way to just, like, choose a character. There's a weird amount of plot related to her that she's like, (laughs) help, I'm stuck in the astral plane, is, like, what she And then she, 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 like, eats the cookie. She comes back from the astral plane. Yeah, it's a weird thing. I thought it was just going to be, like, a simple character select, like, with Mugman or Cuphead. But it's like, oh, no, this is, like, a weird twist on that. Um, But, yeah, just, like, you know, the few bosses I've seen so far are just... Unbelievable. I mean, specifically, I guess it's the one. It's the first one. Don't 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 judge me, everybody. Like just like the guy on the no mountain type of thing. But like just yeah, the well, amount of detail can, there is unbelievable. You can actually access all of the bosses in the DLC like at any point. Oh, you don't really? you don't have to beat that one and then another one. So if you just walk around, you should be able to at least see them. And and yeah, they are like. They, you know, reaching their third phase or whatever is probably not going to happen. Right. But like you can see them. That's um, cool. So two thumbs yeah, up. It's good. Cool. Delicious last course. Um, God, I was just thinking about like the reveal of Cuphead and how bizarre it was and what a different era it was. Because like it is visually one of, if not the most compelling looking games of the last 10 years. Right. Fair to say. Um, I just remember like it was first revealed in like an indie sizzle reel during the Microsoft press conference. Like, they didn't even make a big 
meal out of it. They didn't even try and draw that much attention. It was like, I don't know, here's a bunch of games. Okay, you're shooting my aliens, blah, blah, blah. And then it was just like two seconds of Cuphead. And because I remember watching it with Jeff Cork and E3 and both of us were like, what was that? Like, go back, go back. I need to see what that thing was. And like, now I, I feel like publishers have gotten a lot smarter about highlighting things that are so unique. I feel like now, if it was the big reveal of that, it would be like... And check out this art, everybody. Try and wrap your minds around this. So, To be fair, that was all the animation they had done at that point. <laughs> they only had those two sections. Yeah, it is brutal custom work. Because it was, yeah, five years for this DLC. It's like, oof. That yeah, team. and it's like, it's great. It's five bosses. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's it's less than half of the original game. Even though apparently there's like more animation in these five bosses than there is in the original game or something like oh, there's some crazy statistics like that yeah that's wow uh check it out everybody um hey uh jacob Keller, do you know this whole do you know how this whole thing operates uh painfully hand-drawn cell graphics that's right everybody very painfully hand-drawn which you can find at patreon.com slash minmax with two n's find the tier that's right for you help support the show directly by heading over there if you like the show you can help support it and we would appreciate it there is a good tier for you we promise you that and thank you to our biggest supporters people like the creators of ticket to ride san francisco this is a new version of the beloved tabletop game ticket to ride it's believe it or not taking place all in San Francisco. Um, and the beautiful thing is I love Ticket to Ride, but last time, couple times I played the big game, I was like, ah, it just takes a little bit too long. I don't know. Ticket to Ride San Francisco, super fast, super breezy. It feels like a kind of evolution of the original Ticket to Ride. So if you love the idea of building out these train tracks and all that fun stuff like Ticket to Ride style, but you just want to maybe wrap a game up in like 15 minutes, Ticket to Ride San Francisco is for you. And also they add onto the rules. They have like tourist tokens and stuff like that. So I had a good time. It's available in Target, everybody. Ticket to Ride San Francisco. You'll feel like you're in San Francisco. Uh, also, thank you to our dear friends at I Am 8-Bit. They want everybody to know about Escape Academy. This is a game that's coming out July 14th. It's coming out on the Game Pass Day 1. Also out on PlayStation and PC uh, through Steam and the Epic Games Store. But I Am 8-Bit is publishing this game called Escape Academy, which, Sarah, you played, uh, yeah. and you said you had a good time with it, yes? Yeah, it's so much fun. Definitely grab your friend grab anybody grab your mom and then it's like it's literally just an escape room in a game like yeah it can get a lot wackier because it's in a game yeah it looks good uh so the whole premise is that you're in an escape academy and it's a school where promising students train to become the ultimate escapist but you can play by yourself or you can play co-op online locally all that fun stuff so check out escape academy when it comes out july 14th if you're interested in that type of thing also help support i made because they support us in a big way by going to their site you can go to their shop and you can use the promo code corn month all one word corn month for 10 percent off everything in i make bits wonderful online store <laughs> uh c-o-r-n-m-o-n-t-h everybody so 10 percent off everything in the wonderful online store there's a link below for all that fun stuff help support them because they support us a big way by shipping out a prize each and every week to the min max community whoever submits the best question over on patreon wins a prize uh this week they're shipping out a copy of untitled goose game for PlayStation. Just a physical copy, thanks to iMateBits. So show them some love. Check it out. Uh, all right. Y'all going to help me remember each and every one of these questions, no matter what? By the yeah. way, 
by yeah. the way, look, I'm not I'm not um, dragging anybody through the mud, but I've listened to this podcast when I'm not on it, like let's say a couple weeks ago, and every time when it came to community questions, it's always like, okay, look, I know we all phone this in when Ben's hosting, but for now, we really have to remember all of these questions that are coming up. So you usually just have a strong feeling about one of the questions because you you pick them, yeah, you write them up, and I feel like you personally are more invested in it. Right, right. Sarah I'm, is asking to time. pick and write up the questions. No, ben. I do not. You should want to let her do that. <laughs> They're all my children, Sarah. You're you right. You had more time to think about every single one. That is true. That is true. But okay, maybe, maybe. What if, like this time, you were more invested mm. in these questions than I was? Like, you know, just I don't know. Just like shift your heart into a new gear. I don't know if it's like mm-hmm. not blinking. I don't know how you do it, but like this is the time, Sarah. Where each and every one of these questions, I feel like it's going to be another level. Um, Leafion says, what's up, Mip Maps? Sure. Um, okay. Cute. What is the first game to pop in your head when you hear this phrase? And you all just have to say it as fast as you can. Ready? Game of the year. God of War. <laughs> My mind went blank. Go I guess Go Horizon, but... I sure. guess right. We just did this. I don't know. I know. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, Leafy, I was just saying that some games, even if they're from previous years, feel like it's just like synonymous with that game of the year. I guess like a Breath of the Wild is maybe the oh, first okay. one that jumps to my mind for thinking like clear game of the year, contender, all that stuff. Uh, Jacob, got God of War. Wh- which version were you talking about? It just feels like it's... I was, I was talking about 2018. Oh, um, all right. There's actually one of, one of my favorite uh, pieces of game writing is called uh, The Game of the Generation. Uh, I, I can't, I was written by Jackson on Twitter. I'm not sure who, <laughs> how to cite them other than that. Janet. But it's about, is about God of War getting 1 million 10 out of 10s and yet every discussion kind of being people talking about the things in the game that annoy them and be like, why is this game just like so compulsively... 10 out of 10 if like we no one seems to like actually love it that much do you think um, it kind of, and i don't love it that much but it won every game of the year well i mean red dead 2 won a lot oh no year. you're right red yeah. dead 2 won more also a better game but I, god of war just has that game of the also year game with more complaints like, you know you know like oscar bait god of war 2018 is like game of the year oscar bait i think is so it's a sad dad thing Maybe sad dads do hit for a lot of people. They're I like, know, I remember I when I had a kid, and then I <laughs> changed my toxic worldview. I was like, mm, you kind of telling it yourself with this post, but go off. I wonder if it's it's kind of like a redo, a little bit of. By the way, gotta work. I, I I love that game a lot. I'm not trying to drag through the mud or nothing, but I wonder if it's a little bit of like that Bioshock Infinite thing, where that game came out came out and like it was tens, everybody went gaga, and then I feel like as months went on, it kind of just got picked apart critically more and more. Till now, it's seen as kind of like a flawed, interesting game. Whereas God of War, I don't think it's been picked apart nearly as much. But I think it's kind of in that same arena where there's a little bit of a backlash now, post post glowing review release window. Uh, Cade Marks writes in and says, "Howdy, my next crew. I've been on a board game cl- uh, kick lately, and I'd love an update on the games that Ben and Jeffem have been enjoying." Uh, Jeffem's been enjoying. I play board Dice games. Pages. I know. Yes, I, th- I also think it's rude. This. I also think it's rude that Kate didn't include you. Uh, all right, board games you've all been enjoying recently. Okay, call me a poser. Um, the game that I have. You talking the- about this two-player card game? <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. One spiders. more time, Ben. <laughs> Look, to be fair, we were paid to talk about it for a certain period of time there, but I do genuinely love that game. Um, but uh, no, this summer the game I've had the most fun with a couple of sessions now is Taboo. 
The old classic. But you forget how fun Taboo is with the group. If you remember this one, it's like, okay, you have to get people to guess this word, but you can't say these five words. It just, if you're looking for just a good, simple party game, especially playing with, like, family over the summer, hanging out together, all that fun stuff, like, we just, over the 4th of July, we had a big family reunion uh, out in Minnesota here. Uh, and, like, playing Taboo with a big group, it was... It was a hoot. And like the kids were playing, they were shouting out words. It was it was a blast. So that's my deep cut for tabletop gaming these days. Um, but uh Sarah, since you're champing at the bit, what do you got? Yeah, since recently I went on a vacation, I bought a lot of board games to play with my family. Yeah. Uh and my sister, and we really like to play board games. So one of the games we bought was called Raccoon sky pirates <laughs> okay which is a gmless <laughs> choose tabletop role-playing game where you play as a group of raccoons who are trying to go through a so like a suburb and steal things huh. and it's like you get to play different raccoons like you get different character sheets of each of these raccoons and you all kind of have different you know, abilities and, like, pros and cons to your raccoons. You get to write your own raccoon backstory. Ooh, this sounds um, good. You get this to see other characters, good. and you also get to kind of put your ship together. So you're just like, is our ship fast? Is our ship slow? Is our ship, like, noisy? Is it quiet? And, like, every positive has a negative. Um, it's a little, It's a little complicated to pick up. You really have to read through the rules. It's a little, like, indie Kickstarter game. But like I like I looked at the picture on the front and I said this looks awesome and the back of the game just says flying a ship takes coordination and discipline. Unfortunately, you're a bunch of raccoons. That's good. What's the name of this game again? Sky Raccoon Sky Pirates. How how hardcore is it? Like you could play with your family. I would say if you haven't played D&D &D, and if you haven't been sort of like taken through a D&D &D game. Yeah. It does involve role playing. Like there is no board. There's a yeah. map. And then there's like a map of each of the houses and you good. have to verbalize what you're doing. So you're like, I'm going to try to steal the PlayStation 5 and I'm going to to get to the PlayStation 5. I'm going to do like X, Y and Z. And it's I'm going to I hope that it's not like I'm going to try to do it sneakily. And if you don't, if you fail the role, it's not sneaky. It's noisy. And you have to wake up like it wakes up the dog or something. Right, right. I love that. Can oh, I borrow that from it, you when you're done? I mean, I have it, so yeah. Great. All right. Yeah, and then the other game I played was I loved those, like, choose-your-own-adventure books when I was growing up. Like, that was my jam, was doing the choose-your-own-adventure books, and they made a card game based off of it. Hmm. So it's a pack of cards that are different chapters, and you can play it with, like, I think as many people as you want, really, but you read through it, and then you kind of debate. It'll give you an option, like, do you want to do this or this? Go to card number collect card number so i definitely recommend that if you like those choose your own adventure games what's that called though it's called choose your own adventure i played house of danger <laughs> choose your own adventure house, house of, of danger. danger based on the choose it literally the game box is the same cover as the books that's fun. Like, it looks like the books that's um it's really a little smart. long though so definitely like you might have to do this in parts right, it is, right. Like, mine was like five or six chapters uh, but that's easy to play with a group. You don't need a lot of like board game skills to pick that one up. Yeah, that is but genius. That's such a yeah, good idea to turn those. It. I love it. Uh, Janet, you been playing then, anything? Oh, sorry, Sarah, there's more? Then the last game I played was the Stardew Valley board game. And I think it is a lot better that's, than I thought it was going to be. Really? Because I, yeah. I didn't like it. You didn't like it? And it, was, it was too... 
it was hard. It was hard and complex. Hard. Like there's a lot Isn't going that the on. The actual there. game though. Like, uh, well, it wasn't well, as relaxing as the actual game. No, it's like they tried That's to fair. boil all of Stardew Valley down yeah. into a tabletop game, which is ambitious, and I applaud that. But then you're playing, and it's like I just kind of wanted a nice breezy game in the vein of Stardew Valley, not trying to like yeah, simulate right. everything that is in Stardew Valley in a tabletop experience. It's genuinely, I think, one of the most complex tabletop games I've played over the last couple of years was that Stardew Valley game. Yeah. Like, there's oh a lot. Oh my god, there. that's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, we made a review. Uh, Jeff and I did. You can find it on our YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Um, Janet, uh, you've been playing stuff too? Uh, yeah, I've. you know, it's it's so funny that um, we weren't included in the question because I even took pictures myself to read. Oh, what a jerk. All my favorite games. Um, but yeah, um, I have a bunch of board games that I recommend. I'm going to try to shout out a few to, for brevity's sake. Um, Wavelength is one of my favorite games. Yeah. That's super, super simple. Um, I'm get, we might have talked about it before, but... It's just, and it's, you don't even have to set it up. It's like in the box. You just kind of lift a piece of plastic and you're essentially um, trying to turn, you can play with like as little as two people to like little teams if you want. And it's like some, you'll say something like, um, I don't know, like you're trying to get them to guess uh, game of the year, right? Maybe that's your card. Um, and you say like God of War or whatever. And it's like on a scale of like, you know, a zero to ten where do you think i would place this and it's like oh well, i think you'd put it here or it'd be like things that are better um cold or something and you'd put like coffee because you want to get them to land in the middle so basically your goal as the top person trying to get someone to land is you want them to like land in the spot that you're given and you like create a clue that gets them there yeah, um, so yeah it's, it's just kind really of like a fun. dial you turn yeah i'm totally with it, it kind of feels i don't know it's like personalized trivia like you know it's like okay we're trying to get people to land at this point right here, and the spectrum is stupid versus genius. I remember like playing yeah. with Dan Reichert, and he's like, his clue was the first Austin Powers. Which like, okay, on a scale of stupid to genius, where is the first Austin? Why did he say the first yes. Austin Powers? So it's like this weird mind game thing of like, oh, of course, that's 60% towards the genius pile. Right there is the right spot, you know? Yeah, so it's like you got to kind of know the person a little bit as well. Right, um, right. So it's it's like a fun kind of get to know you. And then like for us, we always like debrief like, well, why'd you put it there? It's like, oh, I thought this. And it's like, I thought you knew I only got my coffee hot. So you'd right, you know, put this right. here or something, you know. Yeah, Wavelength so really, is the name of that one. Yeah. yeah. And it the box also looks beautiful. I'm a sucker for a nice looking box when I'm just in the store. Yeah. Um, I also really loved... Um, so Skybound like uh, gifted me a couple uh, board games because I did like a hosting thing with them, but they obviously didn't make me say this because right. they just gave me the games for like fun because I talked about them. Um, but Kim Joy's Magic Bakery is super cute. Um, I love a good cute game. And this is like a little campaign. So they have like maybe four or five levels kind of written out and the levels basically just change the scenario. I think the pitch is like you're a baker in a magical forest and you have like these different customers that want like different orders. Um, and the, the shtick is like, weird scenarios will happen per level. So like one level was like, oh, but this cat comes in and lays across some of the ingredients. So now you won't have access to these cards as you're sort of like reshuffling and trying to, you can play by yourself or I think with someone, I, th I think you can play by yourself. So you're trying to fulfill the orders while dealing with whatever kind of um, limitation is put on you for like that kind of level. Um, and it's really cute and it's a, a fun little strategy moment, but it's very simple. Um, and then I think the last one I'd shout out that I've, recently played is um i guess monikers because it's yeah. it's basically just like same deal right it's like 
you have um it's like basically like charades i mean sometimes it's verbal sometimes it's physical um and then it's a bonus one because that one's really short uh trial by trolley which i know we like talked about maybe playing um but it's like you pick a tr like it's like the classic like do you save the three people to like kill this other like line of people right. and they have like different qualifiers on them and it's very goofy it's a little it's a little in that um the humor of cards against humanity but it's you know refreshed so it doesn't feel like extremely old because i feel like we all play cards against humanity way too much but it oh, kind of yeah. scratches that itch of like oh wacky scenarios and and having a little bit of a debate and you're like the person moving the train and you're on teams and stuff but yeah, yeah. it's cute right on there we go um by the way kid you're not a jerk um i was just being silly um when you said ben and jeff i'm talking about tabletops because we've talked about it the most thank you yeah. uh ray sweat writes in and says hey is there a game from long ago that weighs on your mind because he never beat it i found some time recently i went back and i finally beat luigi's mansion on the gamecube and the misadventures of tron bond on the original playstation hell yeah can't say i regret it <laughs> i was surprised how much better i felt knocking them off my list only about 30 more games to go uh best of luck ray i love that we went back to misadventures of tron bond because that's just like there, if I remember correctly, I don't even think there's like a larger narrative there. It's kind of just a collection of little experiences and stuff, which I liked. But uh, related to that, Mega Man Legends 2, I think, is number one on my list for the game that I feel bad for never finishing, considering how much I love that original game and Tron Bon. Um, uh, mine is also a sequel, uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2. Oh, that's a good never, one. Well, because it's like I can't, you know, I can play Mario Galaxy now on my switch and mm -hmm. I, mean, I did when it came out on the wii but it's like there is no way to play galaxy 2 except digging my wii back out right uh, right and i and i don't want to put the sensor bar on top of the tv you could use a candle wait what you could use uh, candles for the sensor bar what are you talking i don't about? want to put candles on top of my tv <laughs> hang on if this i is don't like a real fact you can use little candles in lieu of the sensor bar like tea lights yeah Wait, so you don't have to plug in a sensor bar for the Wii or Wii U? You can just put up tea lights? At least for the Wii. I don't think the, the Wii U has like a different configuration. Like it doesn't have a... It does have the sensor bar. It does? Does it? It does, yeah. Well, I don't, I'm assuming then yes. But yeah, you can use tea lights. That is the wildest thing I've ever heard in my life. I've never heard that before. Also, now I feel like we could tell you anything. And if Sarah's like, yep, you would believe us 100%. Well. So I'm not trying to do 100%. anything with that. <laughs> but this is true. This is yeah. real. This is a real fact. Well, Jacob Keller, I, I never count on Nintendo uh, making you happy within a certain time frame. So just dig out your stupid Wii and play that game because it's the best. I know. I mean, it's like, I, yeah, I don't know. I know that you can emulate Wii games, but it's like you still need to set up something to get that motion mm -hmm. control in. Yeah. And it's like two uses, I believe two uses the motion controls more than one. Like, because you have like Yoshi's tongue and stuff which is like a whole thing right um, it is a whole thing so I, but it's like yeah people people say that like the platforming in two is is better than the original but i just i've never never finished it yeah i mean i've pid <laughs> a game published by might and delay i forgot who developed it um really fun platformer um at the time i at least felt like it was really hard i played it in college it's like a one-hit death kind of situation you can yeah. get a little vest and get it up to two and i got to the final boss and the final boss was hard as hell to me and i never finished it and i think about that pretty constantly on i'm like i could just boot it up and my file's still there maybe i should do that but i also don't know if i want to unearth the pain in case it is still insanely hard yeah it could be worse uh, there could be worse fates than thinking about pid every day and having a longing for pid 
uh, Jai Bones writes in and says, Hey, pod crew, a couple of episodes ago, Janet Garcia said that the game Citizen Sleeper is her, quote, chicken nugget game. I waited for someone to chime in with an explanation or query, but nobody raised an eyebrow at the comment. Is this a normal saying? What does it mean? Is that what I said? I, I don't know. know. I'm not confident that that's... I'm going to need a timestamp. I don't know if I said that because I don't know what that means. Okay. Um, I also don't know. I have no idea what that means. I feel bad if you said it and we're all just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then it moved on and nobody questioned it. But all right, there we go. It's a classic like what, chicken nugget what game. What do you think it would if you just tried to like trace <laughs> backwards? It, yeah, like, this is like, giving like OJ if I, I didn't do it, but if I did by my like, book. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what do you feel about chicken nuggets? Yeah. Are they like very good? Are they like, eh, I'll have them if they're there. Oh, I love chicken chicken nuggets i'll eat them whenever they're there even if i'm not hungry they're mm. great even though they're not that well made which i don't agree with that take on citizen sleeper i think it's right. a pretty well-made game uh, maybe it's because it's short and like the nuggets you can eat pretty quickly and then you wish I'm, you had i wonder if i said question. this look like, there's no way to know there's no way to know there's no way to know yep uh tweet at me the stamp i want to i want to hear it tweet at me i also the... just have a lisp i don't know society's weird Technology is weird. We've gotten to a point in society where we can say, tweet at me the stamp, <laughs> and we know what you mean. Uh, Steister writes in. Uh, they say, hey, what's the best food level in a game? Food level. Great question. Um, I think Mario Odyssey had that entire food level. Yeah. I, just, I watched it the GDQ speed dessert, run of that right? and was reminded. Yeah, they have like a big pot of soup. It went savory too, which most games don't do. Right. That is true. true. It was respecting the full food spectrum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, I was saying Rayman Legends because there's a couple. There's like the ice level where there's a bunch of just like frozen fruit frozen in the icebergs which is cool but then uh, the level's called Spoiled Rotten and that's when there's like fire blasting out and there's like hot dogs moving around as platforms and stuff but the, the Rayman food art is just incredible. Top-notch food art. Uh, Andrew Burns writes in and says, Really excited for the Jack and Daxter Deepest Dive. Hell yeah. I just wanted to write in this week to strongly recommend playing on the original PS2 hardware if possible. The version on PS4 slash PS5 is a buggy disaster, and while the PS3 version is better, the developers were doing some really cool things with the PS2 hardware that really couldn't be replicated on other consoles. The game is still great regardless of where you play it, but to get the most out of it, I strongly recommend the original version. Janet... Uh, how I've heard this a couple times, and I've heard other people say the PS4, PS5 version is absolutely fine. Do you have strong thoughts on this? Yeah, I think it's totally fine. Okay. I mean, I'm 95% sure. So the, the copy that I play is a physical PS4 disc that was made from limited run, but it was it's them replicating the PS2 game. Like, there's a okay. PS3 remaster for the game. Right. So, like, that, that remaster is not on modern consoles. That remaster was not printed on the limited run disc. Let me know if I'm speaking. I don't think I am. So, yeah, like, it's it's fine. Like, people have mentioned, like, bugs or little things here and there. I personally haven't encountered anything like that. And ultimately, I don't think it's worth digging out old hardware because I think the controller is so much worse than the modern controller I that fair, I yeah. personally would rather just do it on a modern experience. Um, I guess if you have access to both, well, one, I'm guessing you've already played the game. So, like, try it on modern. If you hate it, boot it up on the other one. It's yeah. short enough that I think you could make that call. But, um, yeah, I, I disagree with that needing to be, you know, worth mentioning. Like, I don't I don't feel the need to go out of my way to mention that, um, other than to say, hey, just FYI, like, that version's not the PS3 remaster. Right. It is, it is like, weird. a fun fact, you know? It is weird that idea that, like, okay, the remaster is locked in on PS3, so the version on PS4, PS5 is just emulating the PS2 version. It's really mm-hmm. bizarre. But it looks amazing. Like, you wouldn't even know it. Like, I had yeah. a friend who played it, and he thought he was playing the remaster because of how good it looked. Oh, interesting. Um, 
So I think it looks still great. Yeah, there there is something to be said about like it would be kind of cool to get an old CRT monitor to play this thing with the original controller. Like there is a charm to that. I'm not not discrediting that or nothing, but yeah, just for the ease and especially because it's all on PS Plus Premium and all that stuff. Like that, that seems like the best way to go. Uh, Sam Kennedy says, Dearman Max, uh, the Cuphead DLC released for the mere price of eight dollars. That's as much as I paid for a deli lunch today. This is three years of work, at least, and charging that low of a price doesn't seem very sustainable. Do you think that the rise of cheap indies and crazy Steam sales has conditioned us to out- undervalue games? What's more important to cost to cost potential time? Hang on. What's more important to cost potential time investment for the player or actual time investment by developers? This is a tough one. It's a pretty cheap deli sandwich too. That is, yeah. Where's your deli? Because we want to go. It's it's weird. I mean, I really like you know the the kind of like cost per how long you play it is like an ever going debate that really just depends on your disposable income. But like, I do think it's fascinating that like you know like game game costs increased with this generation that that new games on like the ps5 and i guess if you bought it's like i haven't bought a game for xbox because there's game pass but it's like new games cost 70 dollars, you know and it's like part of the explanation is like well game prices haven't gone up in 20 years right and games are much more expensive to make than they used to be but every game goes on sale for 50 percent off like six months after it comes out it feels like and so it's like how I have no idea what, like, is, do people, I, I don't know how game price prices work. Like, I, I really don't understand, I feel like, like it's, where they make most of their money and, and if people need to buy it new in order for them to, like, turn a profit or, like, what the deal is. It's the classic thing of, like, oh, case-by-case case basis. Because I think some people try and get out there and be like, okay, well, we're going to go so cheap with our game or make it free because we're hoping that we get a big audience to come through. But I think it's a little bit different with something like DLC to Cuphead because who knows, but I would certainly put money down that if they had projections of how much they were hoping to sell for copies of Cuphead, that it quintupled any projection they could have possibly had. And so the idea of them releasing DLC for $8, it's like, well, it's almost just like a thank you for buying the game at that point, right? We're not, we don't need this to survive. We got that... Netflix money rolling in, baby. Um, or even think of like, you know, Hello Games. It's like, well, they sold so many copies of No Man's Sky, they can just release all these updates for free now because what, what are they doing? They don't need your money. They're, they're still rolling in cash and people are still buying that base game. So it's different in this case, I think, compared to... It's like, how much How much did uh, Intergrade cost? Ooh, the upgrade was confusing. I mean, it's 70 bucks on PS5, but it was that confusing upgrade path of like... I think well, no, but yeah, like just the DLC. I want to say ten dollars. Is that before it was remastered? Yeah, is it possible to say ten dollars? I think it was more than that. Twenty? Ooh, twenty. I think. Let's see. This is the Final yeah. Seven stuff. Um, yeah, twenty bucks for that thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like I think if if Elden Ring DLC comes out, it'll probably be twenty dollars. You know, yeah. like, and that's, I won't feel like that's unfair. Um, There's a lot of game but, in that core game for a $70 purchase or $60 purchase on last gen, right? Yeah. 
Most people also don't play the DLC or buy the DLC, so I don't know how that factors in. I, you know, to plans in terms of like outside of like I want to make this piece of art. Like I don't know the fiscal logic that goes into DLC in that sense because most people don't play it or yeah. buy it, and if they do, they don't definitely don't finish it. Like yeah. it has like the lowest completion, like the lowest guide traffic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that the cheapness of indie games does kind of change how people perceive how much they should cost um i mean i'd be lying if even like me who a lot of times doesn't even have to buy the game if i'm not like really it's this even though it's more i did it more internally because i think externally it's just not a valuable contribution to a conversation around games um but yeah i think it caught we expect it to cost what we're used to it costing so the fact that indie games are usually like an expensive indie game is like 30 40 dollars that also means that like anything that doesn't feel like high end indie, we're going to expect, well, this has to be 20, 10. Is it on game? Some people don't even want to pay anything. They're like, is it on Game Pass? If it's not on Game Pass, I'm not playing it. I don't yeah. care. And I'm like, well, that's just part of how things are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back when mobile games released that like cost money and weren't just free with microtransactions, it was like there would be there would be a game on the app store and that same game on steam and the one on the app store would cost like 99 cents basically because it had to like it was like they could not charge over five dollars for a game on a phone because people would just be like no phone game is worth over five dollars even if you know you could buy it for 15 on your computer and, and feel happy with it yeah for sure uh michael barry writes in but a very important question. Uh, what's the difference between a teacher and a train? Well, a teacher says, spit out your gum. Well, a train says, chew, chew. <laughs> Look, not only, <laughs> not only will we take misjoke opportunities, um, but we will also just take jokes if you want to write them in. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Anything that makes the show better is what we like to say around these parts. Uh, Dustin L., however, writes in with a misjoke opportunity. So when, when talking about wedding rings and silicone bands last week on the podcast, Kyle said that the silicone bands act as dampeners. Then Ben said, well, I'll be damned, when he clearly should have said, well, I'll be dampened. Marriott Player writes in and says, hey, this might count as a misjoke opportunity. Last podcast, Jeffum said, it's a me thing when talking about how the new Mario Strikers isn't for him. And none of you said... It's a me, Mario. That one I is like actually very like good. I feel like I'm like pulled into my teacher's office or like I'm getting, <laughs> I'm in like my one-on-one -on -one with a, my boss and they're like, I noticed that during that meeting, like you didn't ask our clients <laughs> about their weekend. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry that I didn't ask them about how their vacation was. It would have been nice. It would have been, been nice. Can you Sarah. imagine if the podcast did actually include every one of these misjoke opportunities? It would be like nothing would, it would be completely incomprehensible. Have you listened to our podcast over the last couple of years? I feel like it's nothing but shoehorning jokes where they shouldn't be. Uh, can't blink writes in and says, Hey cohorts, sequels have always uh, had a lot to prove to stand up to those franchise starting games. What are some notable sequels that are better than the first? And what about them makes them an improvement? Portal 2, there's gel, and I think it might be a little longer. Oh, it's, it it's definitely longer. gel. Most game sequels are better. I think right? that's the default, isn't it? Yeah. What is there the flip? What game sequel is not better? Devil May Cry. Yeah. Devil May Cry 2 is the number one example, I think. Oh, it the might... second Tales of Symphonia. <laughs> oh, interesting. The Within the Tales of Symphonia universe, yep, yep. 
The I second, don't know why they did that. Yeah. Second Shadow Hearts game wasn't as good as the first. Yeah. If we're going RPG subsets here. Really seems like it's a 50-50 mix. I don't know. Be I worse. don't think it's 50-50. I think almost universally the sequel is better. Well, but then no, there Overwatch is a lot too. of... Let's keep an eye out. I'm not <laughs> sure. It is interesting. I think you're right. Like, that's the conventional wisdom. It's like, obviously, you know, Diablo 2 is better than Diablo 1. Like, everything just gets better and better over time. But there's enough out there where it's like, I wonder if just in the grand pantheon of video games, is sequels by and large or worse? I mean, just Final Fantasy X-2. Not saying it's not good, but it's not as good as number one. Like You shut your mouth. They gave you a gun. And she got to be a pop star. You're right. It's an incredible opening Bro, number. Is Final That's Fantasy two better than Final Fantasy one? That's a great question. I think so, but I don't. I've never played through those games. I don't know. Has that, is Zelda two better than the original Zelda? I don't think so. That's an interesting DJ Tommy. One. I I think for certain people, like you know, uh, your old dear friend uh, Mark McDonald over there at Eight Four would argue that Sarah. But I, I think you might be a little bit out on the limb for saying Zelda two is better than Zelda one. Uh, yeah, it is. I feel like there's a lot of people quietly cashing in with subpar sequels that we aren't factoring in because we're so focused <laughs> on like the well the Assassin's Creed twos. There's so yeah, many classic us examples. For a fool. <laughs> no. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Um, oh, do you guys have examples though <laughs> of sequels that are obviously better other than Portal Two? You said yeah. Final Fantasy Ten too. Yeah, we said the best. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Silent Hill Two, God of War Two, Uncharted Two, <laughs> Every uh, Just Cause Two. Uh, <laughs> They're all, all bad. Right. Furious. All right. <laughs> Except that <laughs> one's not true. I don't think. Yeah, you no, know, it's not true in movies. Like it's really, it, it is. I think a uniquely game thing because yeah. like you, it's not like you learn to use a camera better for the sequel to a movie, but like you do effectively do that with games. Yep. Yeah. And you have so many pent up ideas, and then Titanfall Two can be like, hey. Here's all of the great ideas we had over the course of the last five years of development. Put them in this game, please. Uh, Christian Jimenez writes and says, Hey, so I went jet skiing for the first time this past weekend, and it was a freaking blast. Besides the whole body soreness the next day. All throughout the day, I kept thinking of one of my all-time favorite games, Wave Race 64. I want a new one. Now, who is with me? Huzzah! They made one for VR. VR Wave Race. Does it not exist? And might, but not officially titled Wave Race. They had the GameCube Wave Race game, I believe. That's the one I played. Yeah, was it good? I was very bad at it. Did not understand what was going on at any point during the game. <gasps> I don't understand. Didn't even know you were in water. You know? Did yes. not know what, what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, our family got a jet ski last summer, which it wow, feels like the anticipation. Yes, exactly. That was exactly. Last summer, though, our I'm tone. surprised it took that long. Really. You do live on, you have a cabin on the water, right? So we, have a, like, we have a garage on a lake. Damn, is this the kind of life y'all be living because you got like properties and assets and stuff? Well, like, this is our crazy. families do. We certainly don't. We have don't. one parking spot that's like guarded. <laughs> but is there a jet ski in it? No, there's oh. not. There's um, a bike that the lock got cut because I guess one of my neighbors didn't want us putting our bike there. Oh, boy. Uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, our family is not a jet ski family. And it was all because my nephew said that he wanted one. And so my parents what? were just trying to spoil them. It's like, what? You just have to ask? Well, if you're a cute little dumb kid, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, jet skis, it turns out, are super, super fun. But I haven't done it yet, but I feel like I, it's it's a good time. And I can do the thing where you try and like keep it as vertical as you can for a long time. And you do like the whole loop-de-loop and there's fun stuff there. But I feel like I need to like look at like a YouTube walkthrough, like a dork of like, what's the How next... To? 
Well, how to have how more to fun on a jet ski. Jet <laughs> yeah, jet, that or is exactly. Beginners. If you have any good jet ski tips, I'm looking for it. Because I have a good time on it, but I feel like there's another level of like jet, sk- like jet ski trickery. More. Yeah, you can uh, always I mean, be I really, more. like, I have a, you know, my, my whole life, I did not go on jet skis and I would see people on them and judge them so harshly because they are loud and annoying and And pollute and whatever. And then I like, yeah, I went on one one time. I've never even driven one. I just held on to the back of someone and was like, what was I talking about? This is like the most fun I've ever had. It's it's like a it feels like a super safe motorcycle. You know, it's like this is just everything. It's unbelievable. It's very good. Do you be able to swim, though? Because I can't swim. You just put a leg like jacket on. What does that mean? I mean, I, I would say like, isn't that dangerous? That's dangerous though, because if it pops, I don't or something, think you I'm should go dead. out into the pop? middle of the lake and not pop. be able to swim. Hang on, there's a, hang on. There's a lot of things to unpack here. Life jackets are popping. They're not like balloons. They don't have air in them. <laughs> Janet, well, what? it can still be destroyed now. Like I'm just no. saying, like I don't know if I should go on water. You're f- with only a life jacket. I mean, yeah, life jackets are fine, but also you should learn to swim if you're going out in the middle of a lake. Mm-hmm. What I would, feel like probably. What would happen, Janet, if like I'm not going to do this? I promise. She would to drown, God. Ben. You throw me into the water. It. Yeah, if like we were on a jet ski and you never life jacket on, you fell off. Like, could you like splash around enough, or do you think you'd just be like a rock straight down? Like, what does it mean not to swim? It depends on how much I can perform under pressure, which I feel like is not much, and you get yeah. really tired swimming. So swimming's hard. It like. Is. I don't know. I might die. Honestly, if I would die, how, I'd at least get close if no one came to get me. When was, uh, we would come to get you, just to be clear. We're not trying to murder you. you. <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm not going on the jet ski with you. <laughs> Why not? Just not come on the jet ski. Trek to Shrek. Uh, when, hey, but uh, when was the last time you like you tried to stay really close to the? And then I'm short too, so we got to five feet. That's as far as we're going out. We're gonna get like one foot out. When was the last time you were in water where you couldn't touch? Uh, I don't do that because it's dangerous. Do it. Because she probably can't never. Swim, ben. But I just maybe in a pool. If I did, you know, when it goes like it dips down, yeah. and you're like, whoa. Right. right, right. Be, if you're normally hided, you're not like whoa. You know, um, maybe then. Which I don't know. I haven't been in a pool that deep in a while. Probably when I worked at a bougie gym. Oh, okay. Like many years ago or something. Yeah. Sarah, mm-hmm. I, if I may keep interrogating this this witness, I did like the the can't swim thing is just interesting to me. I just don't understand it. It's like I understand not being able to like swim it's well. It's not as uncommon as you think. I guess because so. Because learning how to because swim I'm not in is a water very, a like lot. it's people who are able to learn how to swim are people whose parents put them in swim lessons. Probably or uh, parents who actively like made their kids learn how to swim. My mom had a fear of me drowning, so she made me take swim lessons. For several years. Yeah. I guess it's just, I, I, with Ben, it's, it's interesting just because it's like, Janet, you're obviously very athletic. Right. Like you right. like ran a marathon or whatever. And so it's Thank like, it, I feel like, we it don't talk feels about that like you know, it, it, it <laughs> seems like, you know, in, in five minutes you would be able to yeah, learn, it. but it's like, I, maybe I'm just saying that as being like, learning English is super easy. I did it as a baby. Like, I don't right, actually right. remember how hard it was. I can to learn. To but I think w- there's a lot of things that are challenging. One, uh, you have to relax, and I've never been relaxed. Mm. So, like, I was in the pool with my brother for, like, uh, leading up to his wedding, because we stayed at, like, the hotel that they got or whatever. Um, and, like, I did some floating, and I did a couple little kicks. But it, it just I think it would just take time. I think I can learn, because I understand the basic mechanics, but I haven't executed, and I've definitely never executed in a space of need. Like, it's never <laughs> been like, if you're not, if you're not swimming... 
you're gonna like kind of drown. I mean, maybe right. not that crazy, right? You're like just six, seven feet or something. Because again, I'm yeah. short. Um, yeah. But I, I don't like. I haven't done that. I haven't been like we're hanging out in the pool and I'm floating and I'm okay. Like nah, I can't like. Even in like I can't execute swim, right now. Because honestly, swimming a little overrated. I'm more of a floater. I need like an inner tube. I'm not right. like I'm not gonna tread water for fun. But well, because since fun. I don't know how to do it, I'm not going to go deep into the ocean, you know? So it's like, what am I going to learn in a pool? Where am I getting access to a pool? Yeah. Like, you're not. So it's like, uh, you know, okay. it's just one of those things. Well, but I'll learn and then I'll go on this bougie jet ski and then, you know, <laughs> be the 1% over there in the middle of the country. That's right. It actually... Where you, where it, you guys have $8 delis and stuff. It's like a whole other world over there. I'm that's excited. That's right. Live it up. But also, I'm scared that Ben's going to um, drown me. Zero percent chance. Zero percent chance. Like, the true podcaster would rise from the waters. And I'm like, I'm just going to drown Look, Ben. as long as your life jacket doesn't pop, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, Owen McCarter writes in and says, hey, what's your favorite non-video game media from the year so far? Everything um, everywhere all at once. I, I just watched Severance, and it was Ooh. as good as everyone said, just like, I've been watching a bunch of like crappy Disney Plus shows and then being like, oh, this is what like good TV is like. Wow. <laughs> it's like it has like acting and story. No, I like Miss Marvel. All right. Yeah. Miss Marvel's kind of fun, Jacob. Come no, on. I haven't been watching Miss Marvel, to be okay. fair. What are you watching I'm on sure Disney Plus? Good. What's going on over there? Uh, so, no, Severance was incredibly good. And also, oh. I've shouted this out before. Triple R is the best movie of the year. Yeah, I need the, to watch the it. Hollywood epic. Here's the thing. I want to watch it on a projector outside. Because we have like we have a little movie screening every Wednesday at our place. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dorky. Is this also bougie, Janet? What is this? Yeah, I mean, like y- y'all need like you go back and re-listen to this as someone who doesn't have any of these things. You want and me just to think about it? California for like a month. Why? Just just move to LA for a month, Ben. Why? Make your life worse, Ben. Yeah. yeah. Go somewhere where everything hey, costs more and everyone's sad. We have sad. nice views. <laughs> no, and it's true. We have a lot of our rights still, so you know it's not so bad out here. Hey, Minneapolis anyway. has edibles. Yeah, we yeah, accidentally we legalized have edibles. edibles. I guess. Yeah, but did they accidentally legalize that? It's funny because it was or an was accident. It <laughs> no, but we had that Halloween sign for a while, which was hilarious. That does so. sound pretty good. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, this triple R film. I'm excited to watch it, but it's like three hours long. And also it means that, okay, when the sun goes down, I'm gonna have to stay up till like midnight watching this thing on the projector outside. So it's tough. I think I just have to wait for the phone. Staying up to midnight is hard for you, Ben? When do you go to bed? How dare you? Um, well, um, my wife likes to go to bed early and we like to go to bed as a couple because it's sweet. fancy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you and your wife and your projector <laughs> and your jet ski and your Patreon. Ben, do people yeah. come to the movie night or is it is it just like you two? Uh, no, people people come to the movie nights. So. Okay, because it is it, like, it's a very fun movie. It is like surprisingly violent. Uh, so I don't oh, know if so they're like, heads up or if it's... Uh, so give a heads you know. up that it's violent and long, but but that you yeah. will defend it. Every but night. it's the best movie of the year easily. Over everything, everywhere, all at once. That is shocking to me. Yes. I mean, Look, I love that movie. It's yeah. great. It, Triple R is, is unlike anything I've ever seen. Interesting. Uh, Ray Lawaza points out that you dodged the most pointed question here, uh, Jacob, which was, uh, what is the Disney Plus shows that you're watching that are crap? Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. wow. Boring show. <laughs> Obi-Wan boring show. You know, it. We we did a whole Max spoilers about it, but... With all those Star Wars shows, it's a bad spot to be when I'm looking at things that should be mind-blowing as a Star Wars fan, and I just, I'm feeling nothing. It's like, you're seeing Darth Vader 
do more and talk more than he did basically in the entire original trilogy. Yeah, and it and turns out kind of it like, makes it worse. Like, <laughs> it turns out they knew what they were doing when they had him not talk or do yeah, much. You know, I don't know. Uh, Jason Wojnar writes in and says, hey, uh, your friend has you house sit to feed their cats for between five and seven days with no stipulations as to what you can or cannot use around the house. How much of their house and resources do you use? You have a, that's your house now. <laughs> are you <staying> there? <laughs> Lock, Change the locks. Okay, so legally, if you're there for no, I'm just kidding. They say house sit to feed their cats. So, so you're living there. Well, so Jason says, is all food in the fridge free game? Do you sleep in their bed? Do you use their toothpaste, towels, soap, and shampoo? Well, no one uses shampoo, but other than that, uh, this is tough. Okay, so the idea is, I guess you can't ask any follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so it's just the assumption is, hey, can you stay at my house, cat sit for seven days, goodbye. What What are you feeling comfortable yeah, they, they doing? They throw their phone into the ocean after that. <laughs> it right. falls off the jet ski. <laughs> um, I think you can totally, if, if you really can't ask any follow-up questions, you can do most stuff. You just have to, you kind of got to treat like an Airbnb. So it's like, okay, you can sleep in the bed. You can use the towels or whatever. If there's laundry, yeah. like if they have any unit laundry, um, I would wash anything you use. Strip the sheets. And I would clean any dishes you do use. And yep. I probably would eat pretty much anything because it's going to go bad. Like, mm-hmm. you know, mm. unless like, I don't know, there's something really personal, like a birthday cake I wouldn't eat <laughs> if they had a birthday cake in there huh. or something. But yeah, anything's fair game. If, if it, I would say like if you kind of clean them out of something replenishable like soda or beer, I would replace that. Mm, interesting. Like, okay. Yeah. Or maybe if you like they had 18 eggs you ate all 18 eggs you just went hard on these eggs maybe right. you get a carne you know the quick run but yeah I, like i feel like that it, milk. it matters if they're paying you like if, mm. if you're just like staying at their house as a friend feeding their cats then i think you can like eat anything go to town but if they're like giving you you know 40 bucks a day to do it or whatever yeah. then i would i think feel a little bad about like eating all their food what do, you know how it's like the big joke about medicine cabinets, like snooping in the medicine cabinets? Is anybody actually tempted to do that? Do you feel like you really? Oh, would, I do. What do you get out of it? <laughs> I absolutely do not let oh me. Oh my god! Here. I open everything. I guess you did use That's my bathroom hilarious. downstairs, and you're like, "What's with all your soap on you the floor?" The Twelve bars of soap were behind the door. <laughs> we you don't could have, not see them. We don't have a shelf in there for them. <laughs> uh, but what is it? You just are you hoping to get like? Ooh, butt cream. Isn't that embarrassing? No, like, I'm what? just bored. And I'm like, what's behind this door? <laughs> door number one. Okay. So you treat it like it's a walking sim where you just like open everything. Yeah, yeah. You're and like, just like, to see. Oh, I remember when I was cute. just I'd... Sarah's bored when she's at anyone's house. Yeah. <laughs> like the company of others. We're all <laughs> failing to entertain them at any point. Let me yeah. take a look at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Attack Corgi writes in and says, hey, MinMax's Discord has got me wondering what other discords are out there? None. Um, here, here's what I found. Member accounts may vary. The largest game servers for dis, for Discord. Does anyone want to guess what the Ooh. number one Discord is for games? It has a million World members. Minecraft? Like, um, it's got to be like Fortnite Warcraft. or Minecraft. Or... Okay, good, good guesses. Minecraft Ooh. is number three at 800,000. Ro- not Roblox, that's too young. Um... Here's a hint. Is it, here's is a, it multiplayer? Oh. I assume. What a great... <laughs> Question. Did any of us guess the other one? Like we shouted all stuff. Um, no, or any of us uh, right? Yeah, okay. uh, number one is the most interesting to me. Number two is Valorant, which is way to go. 
uh, that oh. crew for for having that active of a community. Number, oh, it's not league then, right? If number two, no, but you're warmer. The question about if it's multiplayer is it's stumping not Dota, me. Is it? No. Okay, so it's like a questionably multiplayer game. <laughs> I don't know uh, if it's multiplayer. Uh, Death Stranding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, it, it's a game that came out like two years ago, and it was like, oh, that's interesting that somebody made a clone of this game of the year. Oh, it's not Among Us, is it? No. Nope. No. It's like, what an interesting clone. clone Moving the on. Of the year. But then, like, the fan base for this game has just continued to grow, and it's mobile and console, PS5. It's have ma- we played this game? I don't know. Um, I would be surprised if none of us have tried it. I tried it for a little bit. There's a very annoying character in it. It's a Breath of the Wild clone. Oh, it's Genshin. Genshin Impact at a million, oh, million yeah. memories. Is okay, it multiplayer? Is, is, are I think of yeah, Genshin it is. is. It is yeah. multiplayer. Yeah, okay. I don't think of it as like a game of the year clone, personally. Yeah, I don't I mean, think I mean, of it either. I, you no. really I didn't, that didn't help me get there. to Genshin. Also, it is... It is somewhat multiplayer. It is somewhat multiplayer. Okay. My question is... Why didn't you say it was a gotcha I guess, is, game? is that like an entirely English-speaking Discord? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Join because it. it's Great like, question. I imagine that game is enormous in China. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, a streamer has the fourth largest member count. What does that mean? Oh! In their Discord? Oh, so the fourth largest Discord is a not a game. It's for a streamer. I'm going to guess uh, who it is. PewDiePie. Or I guess not Sarah. streamer. I guess YouTuber. X- XQC. No, YouTuber uh, might be a better Pokemon? description. You, YouTuber Ludwig. Uh, no. Uh, Leo. Septic guy. No. Markiplier. It's not I don't know. No, you guys. I'm very impressed so far. This is somebody uh, that Leo introduced me to a couple months ago, and he said, "How have not, you not heard of this person?" Does his name start with a T? I forgot. It's definitely a Can his. The, the Tapman. No. It's definitely uh, Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast. Oh, okay. really? yeah. That is more of a YouTuber. What do people even talk about in there? I hope Mr. Mr. Beast gives me $5,000 for walking down the street. Oh, are they the ones that got the minion thing of like wearing suits yeah. in the theaters or whatever? Yeah. No. I think Mr. Beast started that. Although no. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Okay. The largest music server comes in at number nine overall with the Lo-Fi Girl server at 700,000 members. <laughs> Proud of her. That's just a girl server. That's that's just a sideways lo-fi yeah, so probably like, like, number one. Is this where the server. girls are at? This is <laughs> yeah. lo-fi girls. Oh man! Well, I'm not gonna uninstall it now. It'd be too suspicious to leave. Yeah, gotta give me a lo-fi GF. <laughs> is this where the girls are at? Uh, uh, odd finds. This person says uh, Wendy's has its own server because, of course, it exists. Yeah. Uh, Forty-three thousand people are in the Wendy's Discord. On the food topic, there's a Discord all about sharing slash judging pictures of people holding food in their hands. This feels like a fetish. Well, they say it's I safe for work. I was thinking that a little bit, too. Like, uh, apparently not. Apparently, print on these, y'all. Are yeah. any fetishes safe for work, I guess, is a question? Is that mm. exclusive? Not if it's a fetish. If it's, like, but if it's, it's just people It's okay to, food. like, have a hamburger at work, but it's not okay to, like, have a hamburger fetish. That you exercise at work. But is it okay to ha- hold a hamburger at work and then take a picture of it and share it online if people are Not into it? Not if it's it? for fetish purposes, but if it's if it's for like, oh, what'd you eat for lunch? Yeah, it's like, like we're is sharing it lunches? making other people horny? Then no. Yeah, but you can't it's control a, that. I, Jacob Geller, you know better than anybody. Well, you can try control where you're posting it. Yeah, well, you just post if it's a- like a place for that, that is, okay. you know, it's different. Sexuality is weird. Uh, Goose, uh, Goose from Untitled Goose Game has a server. All that exists is the word honk, they say. Interesting. There's a karaoke lounge with 60,000 people to feel embarrassed in front of. Language Sloth is a sloth-themed server that'll pair you up with mentors to teach you a language. And yes, the Discord is, cl- is sloth-themed. That sounds great. 
Um, I'd be afraid they were lying to me about the language. (laughs) It's true. They're actually just Google translating everything. (laughs) Uh, Really slowly. There are, there's a cat's discord and a dog's discord. Oh, so not the musical cats. Well, maybe (laughs) it's a a double thing. I'm sure that exists too. Hang on. Have they made a musical called Dogs? No. Surely someone's tried to cash in on that. (laughs) What's cats about? It's about Rum Tum Tugger. It's about nonsense. Cats have real issues. (laughs) Oh, dogs. Dogs. Not the musical cats. And they're just like, you know. Uh, Anyways, yeah, cats have 300,000 members and dogs only have 27. So suck at dogs. Um, Ollie Clay writes in. And says, hey, gang, I recently went to see ABBA Voyage in London. Have you all heard of this? That's the hologram one, right? Yeah. They say, if you don't know, it's a concert, live show, light show, unexplainable magic show. ABBA themselves are pre-recorded and I guess mo-capped into their bodies from the 70s. But, But then there's a live band as well. You can't use your phone to contain the mystery. And ABBA interact and they have light banter with the audience like a regular gig. It's not like those stupid holograms of Michael Jackson or Whitney Houston. It was ridiculously realistic and one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. Only occasionally in the uncanny valley. uh, And especially weird when you remember you're clapping at nothing. But I would wholeheartedly recommend it to everyone, not even just fans. So is it... It's not pre-recorded then? It's actually ABBA... And they're being mo-capped. I don't think... I, I think, think it, it is pre-recorded. Yeah, it's pre-recorded. So they say they have light banter with the audience. So that's just like, how you doing out I there? I mean, like, they can say like, oh my God, we love Insert City here. I hope you guys have a great time. Right. You guys have such a good energy. Like, like they're acting like Hatsune Miku hasn't been that doing is how this for Abba five sounds. years. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, like, Hatsune Miku... It's been done. Yeah, she was on David Letterman. So give her she her due. for Lady Gaga. <laughs> is that true? Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked at footage of this ABBA voyage. Um, it looks bizarre. How'd you it, see footage if there were no phones allowed? They have like an official Someone trailer. Broke the law. No, there's like an official <laughs> trailer. People like, yeah, yeah, ABBA in the crowd and stuff. And it just does look like kind of, I don't know. Like, I feel if, like between you and Sarah, I've already been there. You know, like it's all, it's all spoiled already. Thanks for coming be. out tonight, guys. We are ABBA. Uh, <laughs> have you guys uh, watched those Mamma Mia movies, by the way? Yeah, great movies. Great movies. There's two. Well, it's Sarah, sit down. Please tell me you're (laughs) sitting down because it's Mamma Mia and then they made a sequel. Do you know what they freaking called that film? Sarah, they called it as your with your localization brain. I cannot wait to dish this knowledge on you. They called the sequel Mamma Mia. Here we go again. No, (laughs) they freaking did it. Um, is it better than the original, though, is the question. Here's 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 my real thoughts on this. Very sincere thoughts. Is the reviews for Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again on Rotten Tomatoes off the charts compared to the original. I think it was like 50% for the first one, like 80% for the second one. So it's like, oh my God, the second one's going to be amazing. This is going to be breaking the, the rule of film, and it's going to be adhering to the rule of video games by having the sequel be so much better. Watched them both back to back, like night, night to night, back to back. You know what I mean? Um, first one is better. I think it's just like culturally people realize that, you know what? Listening to a bunch of ABBA music in Greece, um, that's that's a good movie, and we should have appreciated that first movie f- more. So I feel like people were catching up with it with the reviews for the second one. How say you on Mamma Mia? Here we go again. Critical reception, Jacob Keller. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense that people were maybe maybe the second one is taking itself 
less seriously too that i mean it's be. not like the first one takes itself seriously but yeah it's like it's like everyone was like we're on board with what this thing is doing now which is a ridiculous movie where you sing abba in greece also i don't want to tell you what to do because i know this is your entire life online is people telling you to make videos but jacob Keller, if you can make a youtube essay that's just about breaking down the timeline of the mama mia films because it is the oh. most confusing timeline. Maybe this is more of a Leo Vader type of video. The timeline <laughs> makes no sense because the, the sequel, they're trying to do like a Godfather part two thing where it's like jumping back and forth with Meryl Streep when she's young. But then like, wait, when did she have these kids? Like the math makes zero sense for Mamma Mia. And I am waiting for them to respond to my fan letters about it. Thank you for your time. Uh, James Pies writes in and says, hey, sports fans. Us. If you were a professional baseball player, what would your at-bat song be? You know, the song the stadium plays when you go to face the pitcher? New York Mets outfielder Nick Plummer goes up to the plate to the original Mario Brothers theme, and <laughs> City Field even plays the coin sound effects when he gets on base. That's really fun. That's cool. Uh, James says, I'm playing Fire Emblem Three Hopes currently, so Fodlin Wins is fresh in my mind for my choice. And my non-video game pick would be When I Come Around by Green Day. Around the bases, get it? Well, that's what that song was originally about. <laughs> I think it was rounding the bases. Um, then James says, keep on shrekking, peace and love. Hell yeah. Um, so for me, you're coming up, because what's the, you want to like make yourself seem cool and you want to kind of intimidate and like energize the crowd, right? For, for when you're coming up to bat. So you can only do one song which, of course, is the Super Saiyan 3 theme from Bruce Falconer from Dragon Ball Z, which, if you've never experienced this, uh, this ditty, might I refresh it? I mean, this does sound exactly like music that they do play in baseball stadiums not enough if every baseball game was just nothing but bruce falconer's soundtrack for dragon ball z i'd go to a lot more games tell you that and if they painted all of the baseballs orange to look like dragon balls um i'd be much more interested thank you for your time uh what, what would you all go for for at bat songs i would uh do the song tradition from fiddler on the roof and come out and really just be hamming it up. So you'd be doing like a little bit of a bit every time? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Goes yeah. Something like... Okay. That's really good. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, could you use the bat and like do like the umbrella dance where you put it down by your waist and kind of go back and forth? Like, is that the move, mm, I guess? In, yeah, in Fiddler, they do this crazy thing where they all have like a bottle on their head and then they like walk really low to the ground. Yeah. It's like I could. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be good at baseball, but I could really nail the Fiddler dance. Smart, smart. Janet, you got one? I forgot to think about this more closely. <laughs> Cause I was like, oh, I love this question, and like I answer it often. Like I'm always asking my family like this thing, but I don't know. Really? Probably, I guess yeah, yeah. Every time we go to a baseball game, we're like, what would your song be? Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, it's like that's what you do. You you do that. You eat hot dogs and you drink beer outside. Yep. Yeah, that's you it. Don't watch baseball because it's yeah. boring. That's right. But <laughs> you think about the walk up. Sometimes song. you wear a cute little hat. Sometimes you play the game when it's like Dunkin' Donuts sponsored. Which coffee wins? And I'm like, I hope the red mug wins. That's yeah. what I'm doing anyway. While y'all are fun. out here mastering the game, um, maybe. Um, 
maybe like No Way Back or something by Foo Fighters. Something like oh, that. Some Foo Fighters probably. I like that. Great choice. Great choice. Uh, all right. Sarah, pick it. No, I can't. Pick it. Question of the I week. Can't what do you pick got? It. You must pick it. One I must can't. pick. I would, I'd want to do like a. Help us, Sarah. Uh, you're our only hope. <laughs> I know. I'd want to do like a, a Hatsune Miku song. I'd want it to be like J pop. Mm. Oh. And at high speeds. Okay. I was, I was thinking pick for question of the week, but I like that oh, too. Oh, I thought you wanted my song. <laughs> no, Hatsune Miku. No, that's great too. That's great too. I didn't realize this was the end. We've truly reached the end. Now We've you must pick it for a second time. All right, here's some Me? options, if I may. Yeah. There, there's a tabletop question. There was the price of indie games. There was the joke about a teacher says spit out your gum while a train says choo-choo. <laughs> there's jet skis. There's cat sitting. There's Discord logic. You were the most engaged out of anybody, Sarah. We saw it in your eyes. You must now lock this sucker down. What was the jet ski? I know the jet ski one really like kicked off a convert. What was the question? The question was, was oh, do you all think about Waver 64 a lot? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, look, we're looking for the thing that made the show better. I feel like it's jet skiing. You can go with jet skiing. None of this you can go with. We're looking, come on. We're looking for the, the correct choice here. We can, we can, oh, with thoughts on jet skis and jet skis in games? Was that the question? Kind of, more or less, yeah. <laughs> Let's go less. with that one. Jacob, Janet, how are you feeling? And then you ask for a second opinion. <laughs> I just want to see. I trust Sarah and on her infinite wisdom. I, I also yep. trust Sarah. And if Jacob doesn't trust Sarah, then he's not okay with me. I trust Sarah. Okay, there we go. Christian Jimenez, congratulations. You just won a title use game for my inmate pit. Thank you so much, everybody who submitted a question each every week over there on Patreon. Uh, now it's time for something we call Get a Load of This. Is that your fiddler dance, Jacob? No, I just, no, I hear the music when you say get a load of this. I do too. Uh, you want to kick it off then, dude? Uh, get a load of this. Um, Summer Games, done quick, happened last week. Yeah. A lot of good runs, a lot of good stuff. Um, maybe the most interesting was this glitch showcase of Ocarina of Time, uh, which it is, I both don't want to spoil it, and it is hard to even explain what is happening but essentially uh they are they are using a nintendo 64 an original nintendo 64 and an original console and they are programming the game as they play it and so things happen in the game that i will not spoil but that seem impossible and pre-scripted but they have actually been by using like a task bot like essentially a robot putting in inputs they have been like programming the game to do like to have new character models and animations and dialogue that was not in ocarina what? of time it like it is truly one of the most bizarre things that that gdq has ever done but it is like absolutely worth watching because it is just so weird and i watched like a 30 minute video explaining what was actually <laughs> happening today and it's like it is more unbelievable if you understand the scale of like what they're doing that's amazing. uh so yeah watch watch that it's like 40 minutes long or so and it's like not really a speed run uh but it is uh completely baffling i love that uh hey get a load of this um scott benson who's the artist from night in the woods 
he tweeted out this video from a, I think it's a soccer match over there in England. Um, and he's tweeted it out and said, jaw dropped because it is bananas. So it's at this big soccer match in a stadium and they have huge banners and the banners say, respect our pride or expect our wrath during pride month. And then a third banner unfolds and it's a giant image of May from night in the woods, like holding an ax. It is ridiculous to see like May from night in the woods blown up in this stadium and like as a threatening device. Uh, but I thought that was cool to see the artist like, what is this? Like, I can't imagine that unfurling after you've created that. But uh, Janet, what do you got? Uh, get a load of this. I just watched um, from People Make Games, like the YouTube channel. They yeah. did this uh, mini documentary on called The Video Game Developers Resisting Russia's Invasion. Uh, and it's looking at Frogwares, which is uh, based in um, that area. And they talk about like the different some developers that like joined the fight in the war and some people that relocated and just kind of what it was like uh, when they were releasing Sherlock Chapter One, I think, at the time and, and kind of the struggles with that. And the video, um, all the ad revenue from the video, uh, and there's a separate link as well, uh, goes to fundraising uh, for support for Ukraine. So that's right cool. On. That's cool. Links below for all this fun stuff. Uh, Sarah? Get a load of this, you guys. Okay. Uh, I think yesterday, a series of billboards went up in Texas advertising a Final Fantasy XIV free company, which is a guild, advertising their summer bash event that they will be hosting in-game at their free company housing... The billboard has the location of their house in-game. It has their Discord link on it. It has the three DJs that will be DJing the event. By the way, it's this Saturday, if it doesn't get canceled. Um, it also has the Final Fantasy XIV copyright logo and the copyright information under the logo. Oh, my God. It also has, on the poster, it has two of, I assume, the free company's members on it. One of them is wearing data mined gear that has not been released yet and they are also using mods on there so their characters are fully modded data mined gear it went up yesterday it has just blown up the final fantasy 14 community <laughs> japan is they literally asked us a month ago to please not using mods to please not use mods publicly in their game you know keep it private yeah and then they just put it on a billboard Oh just slapped God. it on a billboard. Um, they are currently doing some major damage control. Everybody is at the house in the game, essentially sieging it. <laughs> there are people on the biggest mounts firing upon the doors, just constantly <laughs> like firing at it and like sitting on it. And it's basically just become a mess. Uh, the person, one of the people on the billboards, already got banned for publicly flouting data mined gear and using mods. And they took down the billboards uh, because of the obvious copyright infringement. Woof. <laughs> Yeesh. And they just wanted to advertise their nightclub. Just trying. Final Fantasy XIV. All right. Um, by the way, fun fact, uh, maybe it's like a year and a half ago or so. Maybe, maybe it was more than that. But that was an idea. It's like, oh, what if we got a bunch of billboards for MinMax? Or just got like one billboard in rural Minnesota. And I don't want to point fingers, but I remember we had a meeting about it and... At least one person of the group was like, that is the biggest waste of money. Do not do this. But I still think it'd be I kind of fun. I feel that's more reason to do it. I know, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Can you, can you ballpark? I have no idea how much a billboard costs. It's a great question. Well, it depends on the location. I right. think I want to say 
that like along 94 in Minnesota, I think it was like 2000 a month or something. Something okay. in that arena. We can make that our next Patreon goal. Because it's like, you know, sometimes you see, see in like rural areas clearly just like a person put up some usually like, like religious lunacy or something. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, this is just, it's not like mainstream. It's we just like a guy lunacy. decided to you know, do why this. Not us? Look, I, I live in North Carolina. There's a lot of it. Uh, let me see if I still have it. Okay, here we go. Yep, I have it. Oh, so along 94, it's $900 a month. Whereas closer to the, so cheap. Closer to the Twin Cities, it's $1,200 to $1,700 a month. Pretty um, good. Let's see. Um, we can't afford not to do this. We don't want to lose money on this. So you sign contract for a year. Oh, never mind. Oh. Yeah, so it seems a little Is bit that tricky. that's why there's so many guaranteed offer guys yeah. all over Minnesota? Because nobody can afford the billboards. Maybe. And then here's you have to print the vinyl print for it. And that costs $1,200 for the printing so all, and the installing. where did this free company get the money? Yeah, I don't know. Thousands of dollars to put up these billboards. Unclear. Um, all right. Uh, hey, in the community, uh, Jaren over there on the Discord, uh, they shared a video from Alex Mokala. I forget uh, how to pronounce uh, their last name. Um, but I don't know if you've seen this one, Sarah. But it is, uh, he does a lot of like, great covers of like persona music and really into baseline stuff um but this is a cover of a song from final fantasy 14 called close in the distance and he got oh. 1000 people to sing this song like got them all to go remotely to sing the oh, song I heard about together this. Yeah. yes and then it got completely it was a beautiful thing and then it got completely covered up by the billboard incident <laughs> oh no yeah it was beautiful and lovely and it's my least favorite song in the entire game, but yeah. everyone else loves it. Well, there we go. Uh, links below for all this fun stuff. Uh, that's it for the show. Thank you so much for watching and listening, everybody. We appreciate it. We do have some stuff going on. First of all, uh, this Saturday, July 9th, we're going to go for a MinMax community bike ride in Minneapolis. So if you like biking and you're in Minneapolis, uh, please come by and say hello. We're going to be meeting at Sea Salt by Minnehaha Falls. That's Minnehaha Falls, everybody, this Saturday, These July 9th. These real places. Oh, they are very real. Get, you never could guess what Minnehaha translates to, Janet. You wanna guess? No. Laughing water. Isn't that perfect? Ain't that perfect and fun? Isn't etymology fun, everybody? Um, but uh, we will be there and um, don't be intimidated. Um, we can make this an hour-long bike ride. We can make it shorter. We can make it longer. We're not going to push you to your limits and destroy you. And if you just want to come at like noon uh, and hang out with us after the bike ride, that'd be great. Let's just uh, have some snacks, get a beer or something at that Sea Salt. So again, you can meet us at noon if you just want to hang out at Sea Salt at Minnehaha Falls in Minneapolis. Otherwise, if you want to join us for the bike ride, uh, that's 10 a.m. is when we're meeting there. And uh, Jordan Halmdahl submitted a comment over on Patreon. They say, hey, uh, I left this as a comment on the video version of the podcast, but hopefully more folks will benefit if they hear this on the podcast. Little tip for folks who might drive to Minnehaha Park for the community bike ride from someone who worked at Sea Salt. There's free parking at the Longfellow Gardens lot or in the residential neighborhood just over the bridge on East Minnehaha Parkway. A walk to Sea Salt's like five minutes and you don't need to pay. So there we go. Uh, so we hope to see y'all there. Uh, it'll be a, a casual get together. So we hope to see some, some folks that are you know, Patreon supporters or just listen and watch the podcast. It'd be great. Um, also, this, this bums me out that this is like a footnote in our section at the end of the podcast because we're planning on making a bigger thing of it, but people got sick and so stuff couldn't happen and we ran out of time. But uh, Joe Juba is no longer a contributor at MinMax, unfortunately. 
Jacob Geller said he didn't want to work with them, and so we had to choose one or the other. Uh, no, Joe got a full-time job in the consulting game for the video game industry, and Yay. very exciting for him. Very happy. Thank you, Joe. Um, but as a condition there, they said, my God, you're not allowed to go in front of a microphone and utter one syllable about a video they game. Said, they Band said specifically MinMax. They said <laughs> yes. you can be on any other gaming podcast. Yeah, they're big Nextlander fans over there. Uh, yeah, so we sadly have to say goodbye to Joe for talking about uh, video games and in, for MinMax content, but he has been so sweet. It was great to work with him at Game Informer for so many years, and then he, I think, more than almost anybody, he was just raring to go, excited to create MinMax content, and it was great to have him, uh, you know, Laugh along to some of our content, help out with some deepest dives. Uh, so hats off to Joe, and he'll be missed. Um, also, heads up, everybody, that uh, last week we launched our new Patreon goal, the Trek to Shrek. This is where, if we hit our goal, if we hit $17,000 on Patreon, we are going to be putting Janet Garcia on an airplane. She's going to be... you say a jet ski. <laughs> well, she's <laughs> flying to Minnesota, where then we're going to put her on a jet ski... Teach her to swim in a Minnesota lake. The point is, uh, we're not really going to do all that stuff. That's kind of gross, but it's kind of gross. Wait. Hey, the check cleared. I'm whatever. You know? Sarah, I, okay, Janet, we'll get to you later. Sarah, are you saying <laughs> swimming in a Minnesota lake is gross? I don't like leeches. There's not leeches in every lake. I don't like lakes. I don't You're, like the things that are in lakes. They're beautiful fish. The point the is, monsters. if we hit lake this fish triangle, are the ugliest fish. <laughs> well, that's certainly true. Have you seen them? They're monsters. The point lake is, lake fish ranked the exclusive. To oh, new show plus. To track to track. Ooh, also good. Okay, so the point is, if we hit this goal. Janet is flying out to Minnesota and we're making a whole travelogue about her experience, about being in Minnesota. Uh, we'll bring her around to the sights and sounds, all that stuff. We'll actually meet her in person for the first time. Maybe she's a VTuber. We really don't know at this point. Uh, but we'll meet her in person and it's called Trek to Trek. I'm sorry, Trek to Shrek. Um, why? <laughs> it's really hard to say. Why, Sarah Pazorski? Why do we choose such a name? Because we will be playing... She's grabbing it Game right now. Game of the Year Shrek 2 with Janet. <laughs> Shrek How much two. did that cost? It's like a resale sticker on there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who would local? ever sell that $9. game? $9. Yeah, Hell who yeah. a mistake. This should be going for hundreds of dollars. That's right. Let so, me just make sure the game's in here. Okay, yeah, it is. Perfect. That's the way we nice. prefer. It feels a little light. Yeah, so this is uh, in the Min Max studio. We'll play local co-op for Shrek 2. So it is a big adventure for the ultimate payoff of just soaking in everything Shrek 2 on the GameCube has to offer. Janet, how are you feeling about the Trek to Shrek so far? I'm super excited. Um, someone in the chat asked what I thought about the Photoshop of my face as Shrek's face or right. Shrek's face with my face ben on it. Ask um, about these things. I think he does though. Uh, no, Ben no. did ask. He did ben ask. Me. Yes. You? Yeah. I also asked you, he Sarah, asked at some point. He asked me if it was fine, and I was like, "Yeah, of course. Never want anything more. Love a good Photoshop." <laughs> Still was not prepared for what he actually made because I, I thought it'd be like a crude, like, "Oh, cut out!" Like I'm just my face on his body, like you know, quick few second attempts. Right. But this was like, he did like some cuts. He used Animation. like the, the the tool. Like there's some animated. shading. There's some blending. Yeah. Like yeah, I guess animated. The production value was a lot higher than I was expecting, but I think that speaks to what we're going to create together if this goal is hit. That's right. I'm really excited because a lot of people also write in and they're like, hey, uh, I'm visiting Minnesota. What should I do? What are the tourist locations? And I feel like this is also a good opportunity. Like the travelogue would just be kind of like 
the best of Minnesota. And I think it'd be really fun just for that loose format. So help us hit that. Uh, if you ever want to support MinMax, now's a great time to jump in or to jump up your tier to try out a higher tier. We have plenty of options. You can join the Wall of Heroes. As you can see, so many people this month join the Wall of Heroes and uh, are putting pictures of Jeffem on there. It's not too late if you want to join that. Or you can pick a game and become the game champion of that. Um, or you can play games offline for an hour with us you can choose any game any cohort and we'll play it with you so let us know but plenty of people have upped their tier i want to thank you know folks like bob buell nick fleo clement zobel honey boy joe gariffo ray luaza pierce brian alvarado luke uh, strain zach ink white mex james game game boy i done been to professor dr professor boogie wesley minor tanner hoisington uncharted wolf alex s Greg Mahan, Adam, a lot of people up their tears. So thank you so much everybody who's upped it so far because we're getting close to that goal, everybody. We are close to locking in the Trek to Shrek. We appreciate your support and thank you to everybody who supports us at the Game Champion tier. They chose these games to be declared the champion of and this is going to be the last month where you can jump in for the Game Champion before the next roundup where then we're going to choose and let people vote for the game to make a bonus piece of content about. So... Team Fortress 2, the champion is DJ Dio. Thank you, DJ Dio, for jumping in and being the champion of Team Fortress 2 officially. Procyon number 6 chose Ghost of Tsushima. They are the champion of Ghost of Tsushima. I love it. Aaron J. Bear, whether they know it or not, they are officially the champion of Earth Defense Force 2017. Happy birthday, Aaron J. Bear. That's from a friend of yours. Steve B., of course, is the champion of Jack and Daxter. Wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, so thanks so much so, uh, Thanks so much to people who jumping up to that uh, game champion tier, all that fun stuff. We appreciate it. Um, have we said everything? I think so. You are uh, slipping into like an auctioneer voice. I know. So I'm starting to get kind of concerned. I, yeah, the end of these podcasts, it is just auctioneer. <laughs> oh, and then this and then this. We have so much going on. Please help support us. We appreciate it. Uh, speaking of which, we have a bunch of fun interviews coming up. Um, on Thursday, the day this podcast goes live, we have three interviews scheduled that I think are going to be up people's alleys and stuff. So if you enjoy those types of interviews, you can always unlock the podcast version and stuff over there on Patreon. And we'll have an exciting round of trivia tower this month too. So we'd appreciate your support. Um, Janet, do you want to close it out? Do you have any wise words or thoughts for us? Um, if you're not already following us on Instagram, I advise oh. you to do so because Ben literally does a story, I think, every freaking day yeah. about what he's doing or slash what we're doing in terms of stuff that's getting published or uh, streams and stuff. And it's as someone that has tried to do that and continuously failed because it's a lot of freaking work. <laughs> I think it's, it's pretty impressive and it's a good way to keep yeah. up if you zoned out on the last eight things that were said that's a great um, point but yeah so go follow that it's super good thank you so much yeah and there's an opportunity to win a free game code every single week on instagram so mm -hmm. midmax show on instagram check it out everybody uh jacob keller thank you for being here dude my pleasure um what should people check out if they love you if people are that's, in love with you what should they go, do go to my go to my youtube channel jacob keller that's that's where i am that sounds great cool uh sarah what's going on with you the usual yeah. You can find me on Twitch at Sarah Pods. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah Pods. That seems cool. Janet, anything you want to plug? Um, sure. Uh, for So I work with um, Lost and Cole, and we publish Lock On, which is a quarterly uh, video game journal. And we are currently you know, raising money for uh, issue number four, which just hit full funding. So it's coming out regardless. I think it's our first time doing it outside of Kickstarter as well. So if you're someone who's like, mm, I don't like Kickstarter, good news. We're not on Kickstarter anymore. Um, it's like I said, it's already fully funded. So it's definitely dropping. But if you want to get your issue, you know, payback, hardcover, whatever version, uh, head to lostincult.co.uk and you can get that issue. 
I, I have an article and now on Jan molecule. publishing things. <laughs> she won't be yeah. stopped. What? She got Hi. COVID. She's like, here's my publication. Yeah, you say Instagram yeah. stories are hard, but meanwhile you're pumping out a meanwhile, thousand TikToks and publishing. Person, I have barely done any of anything, and it's an incredible team of people that know a lot of stuff, which has been very fun to be a part of. Uh, but yeah, I have an, an exclusive. Well, I mean, exclusive. Like it's, I made it. Um, but I have a thing with the media molecule and the development of Ooh. dreams. Ooh. That's going to be super fun um, in that issue. So. Uh, and there's a, a kajillion other amazing writers that are featured. So, yeah, you know, there's all that info out there if you're interested. Um, but, yeah, we have something from the creator of Citizen Sleeper in this issue, I believe, as well. So, Oh, that yeah. Chicken Nugget game? With the Chicken Nugget game, apparently. No idea what that means, but there's a lot of fun <laughs> stuff in there. Cool. All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We appreciate your support. Uh, we'll see you here next week. Be good. Have fun. Let's go. Let's go.